is the number of the call. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Buffalo and L.A. Live and improved for the NFL football for Thursday Night Football. Finally, a Thursday Night Football game everybody loves to watch. Speedy Petey. Football week is here, my friends. Yes, happy football season. All you football fans listening on tonight's show, I've got my New York Giants beads and polo shirt. Didn't wear a jersey today, but I could have. Jersey, the only jersey I have is a player that might get traded anyway in Saquon Barkley. Who knows at this point, but glad the football is back. I'm not, I don't have optimistic hopes for the Giants, but just happy football's back. It's been a long offseason. It has been an absolute long offseason, and everybody couldn't wait. After the draft, and the combine, and OTAs, and then the preseason, finally, Football is back, and I know everybody's excited for this week. There's a couple of big football games. We will make our picks at the end of the show. We'll go through each conference and each division and make you know our predictions for the season on what some of these records could be, some of the players, uh, the MVPs, uh, the winners, the rookies of the year, everything. We're going to go through that at the end of the show. We have a great show lined up for you. A little bit later at 9.30, we'll be talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor reporter Clay Ferraro. He'll be joining us talking a little Miami Dolphins football. And at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to our friend, Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst, Pete Bjorsik. So he's going to be joining us. Uh, I'm sorry. Bursick. I always mess up his name, but he's going to be joining us a little bit any, a little bit later in the show. We're very excited to have him on again. The last time Pete was on the show, Speedy was wearing, because he lost a bet, he was wearing underwear on his head. So, not tonight, so he'll finally see Speedy without anything on his head, thank God, with a haircut, a freshly cut haircut. Finally, Speedy doesn't look like a mop. And some beads as well. Why are you wearing beads? Celebration. It's happy football again. Look at you with your celebration football beads. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't Mardi Gras. Why are you wearing beads? No, it's not Mardi Gras. I have Mardi Gras beads. Anyways, Randy Levine speaks out this week on a podcast, talks about Aaron Judge, his thoughts on where he believes Aaron Judge will be in the offseason, where they think he could be, uh, and 
We're going to get into that a little bit later. Actually, we'll get, we'll get into that in just a few moments. Uh, the Jets say that Zach Wilson will return from injury sometime around week, week four. I'm sorry. That would be the closest, maybe even week five or six. It depends on how fast his knee heals. Aaron Donald reportedly sent the Rams a retirement letter in May before he get it before he got his big extension contract. So um, that's an interesting story. Skepticism around the Ravens and Lamar Jackson getting a deal done before tomorrow's deadline. I doubt that's going to happen, but uh, maybe, maybe uh, a big contract. It, it, it has a lot to do with guaranteed money, yep. and Lamar didn't get guaranteed money like Kyler Murray, and that's why he was upset at the Ravens. So we'll get into that. Week one game picks. We're going to go through out the league. We're going to pick our three top games and, and where we think those games are going to lie. And then we'll go through our 2022 NFL playoff picks, award picks, and Super Bowl picks. So, great show lined up for you guys. We are watching football. Finally, football is back. Thursday night football. First game of the season as the Rams receive their world championship rings. And the banner is held up. And right now they're down 10 nothing against the Buffalo Big Daddy Beals. Anyways, I say Beals, not the Bills. But anyways... I want to get into first what we have all football for this show, but first things first, I, I really want to get into this Aaron Judge situation. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been saying not only on spo- the sports loudmouths, but on the weekend crunch on 103.9 FM, I have said that I believe Aaron Judge is playing his last couple of games as a New York Yankee. I've been saying it, I believe it. But Randy Levine, this week on a Yankees podcast, said some interesting things about the Aaron Judge contract and where he believes Aaron Judge will be in the offseason, either with the Yankees or playing for another team. Randy Levine, over the years, has always landed his guy. He's always went after his men, his his own players, and even free agents that he really liked. Aaron Judge is the best player right now in baseball. Last night, I think yesterday, he hit his 55th home run. He's on his way to break Roger Maris's record. He'll be the first player in history to knock off Roger, Roger Maris's home run record without doing steroids. He's on his way. He bet on himself in the offseason. He didn't take that $213 million contract from the New York Yankees when he, when he was offered that before the season. Then the whole arbitration situation with the Yankees definitely pissed Aaron, Roger, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Judge off. And then going into the season, a lot of people believed the start of Aaron Judge, he did not start off strong. The first 15 games, he did not look good. Then all of a sudden, after, I would say, three weeks into the season, he started hitting home runs. And then he had that great week when he had seven home runs in that week. And started picking up the pace, and he really started playing great baseball. Then he started to hit for average. Power numbers are up. OPS numbers are up. 
Everything that he has done this year has showed you why the Yankees have to look at him as a franchise player. Aaron Judge is the best player right now in baseball. You can't even argue. Even in the National League with Paul Goldschmidt, who's probably running away with the National League MVP voting. He, he, he looks like he is. And as good as Otani has been this year as a pitcher and even as a hitter, no matter what he does on the mound for the rest of the season, Aaron Judge would have to really, like, lose it. I'm talking about not hit for the next 25 games for Otani to beat him out and win him out on the MVP voting. We go into this season wondering what the New York Yankees are, who and what the identity of this team is. And the truth is, it's Aaron Judge. The identity, personality, He brings out the reputable thought of a captain that we have not seen since Derek Jeter. Now, he is not declared the captain of the Yankees. And if the Yankees do give him that extension, they do give him that contract in the offseason, they absolutely should give him the C. Not like it matters. But Randy Levine pretty much told not only Yankee fans, but all of baseball, is we are not going to be outbid by any team in baseball, no matter what. The only reason and the only way we lose Aaron Judge is if Aaron Judge wants to leave. They will not be outbid by San Francisco. They will not be outbid, which I've been hearing, by the Boston Red Sox. He pretty much said that. So as a Yankee fan, as a person that believed that he, the Yankees were going to be outbid in the offseason, I do not believe that anymore. If Randy Levine says they're not going to be outbid, and he speaks for how, he does. He's the first one to speak at the end of the season when the Yankees get eliminated out of the playoffs. He's the first. Randy Levine is always the first person to speak. Then Cashman. Then Hal Steinbrenner. So do I believe this story to be true? Absolutely. But who's to say that Aaron Judge wants to be a Yankee? Who's to say he doesn't want to go home to San Francisco where he's from? He just got married in the offseason. He probably wants kids. He's, his whole family's over there in the San Francisco Bay Area. San Francisco opened up a lot of salary room over the last year. Buster Posey retires. A bunch of players retire. They decide to get rid of pieces. So now there's an opening to bring in a star to be the face of that organization. Now he is already the face of the New York Yankees organization. There's no, there's no question anymore. The Yankees move if Aaron Judge's bat moves. It's been going and has been really been moving that way all season long. If he doesn't hit, the Yankees don't hit. 
So Randy, I believe, he's finally spoke, and he usually doesn't speak until the end of the season. He finally went on a podcast and opened his mouth and said, there's no way in hell we're going to be outbid. So that reassures me as a Yankee fan that no matter what gets offered, if there's a $300 million contract or a $314 million contract, which I, I don't believe he's going to get, but if there is, the Yankees will match that. Maybe offer him $6 million or more. It will be up to Aaron if he believes he is going to be a Yankee for the rest of his career. Or does he want to part ways? Maybe he thinks he has a better chance of winning in the National League. Maybe he thinks he has a better chance of winning in Boston. I don't know what he thinks. But it will not be that the Yankees get outbid. The Yankees never get outbid. Usually never. The last time the Yankees got outbid was Robinson Cano. And every Yankee fan torched Brian Cashman because he brought in uh, let's not get into it, okay? Yeah. Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> Everybody knows that name. It was a complete bust. He was wrong about that, but he wasn't wrong about getting Robertson, getting away, away from Robertson Cano. Because as soon as Robertson Cano went to Seattle, he had one good year, and then he was fighting injury, and then the whole steroid stories started to come out. Mm-hmm. And then he was traded to the Mets. So... Brian Cashman again did the right thing, but did it in a wrong, did it in the wrong way. Okay, especially bringing Jacoby Bell, uh, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury in. He was runner up for the MVP. I didn't make sense, but but again, Brian Cashman was trying to hide what he did because a lot of Yankee fans wanted to kill him. For a player that fragile, too, nevertheless. He didn't even struggle when he was on the field. He also got hurt a lot, too. And that's not his MVP year. He wasn't going to get much when it came to that. But, yeah, it's interesting because Aaron Judge has mentioned in certain comments that he would consider going to the West Coast. We've heard the Giants especially. We've heard the Angels. And they're going to be definitely organizations that spend money. Now, the Red Sox are an interesting one. I know you mentioned it at the start of the season as a Red because he grew up, a, 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 not a Red Sox fan, I think, but it was like he supported the Red Sox or something like that. He liked to play around them. So that'll be interesting to see. That, I think, would be the biggest thing if the Yankees get aggressive, if that's the case, because if the Red Sox get aggressive, you know Brian Cashman's not going to want to let him slip to the Red Sox. Now, if it's the Giants that end up overpaying him by maybe another $15 million or the Angels overpaying him by, a little, by $20 million, like, I mean, granted, they're going to get new ownership but they usually like to spend. Maybe the Yankees don't pursue that, but the Yankees are not going to back down when it comes to deception and trying to get the best out of what they these negotiations for Aaron Judge because they don't want Aaron Judge to leave. Randy Levine, like you were saying, made that pretty clear that Aaron Judge might want to leave on his own terms, but the Yankees aren't going to force him to leave and the Yankees aren't going to just let him go for nothing like that and just back down, surrender in this kind of bidding war. Which I thought was going to happen. I thought that if the Yankees... We're not going to get the contract that they wanted with Aaron Judge. He was going to leave. They were going to let everybody else outbid them. But that's not true. Randy Levine has come out and said that they're not going to be outbid by anyone. Nobody is outbidding them for their own player. It will be Aaron Judge's thoughts on where he wants to be and where he wants to finish his career in either as a Boston Red Sox or whoever. Because I heard Boston is very interested in Aaron I believe Judge. it. You mentioned it at the start of the season. It wouldn't surprise me. That's, that sounds like the rivalry move that has to I've, be made. I've heard a lot of stories coming out in Boston that they're going to make a move for him. Mm-hmm. They are definitely going to pitch him. The question is, will he take it? Will he bite at it? Right. 
Now, he is a Yankee. He's not a big Boston fan, as everybody remembers, in Boston, in the playoffs, playing Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, after they won one of the games and wanted to stick it to the Boston Red Sox. And Boston winded up winning that series. The only game they won that series. Yes. And it pissed off Boston fans. But, again, it's Aaron Judge. He's the best player in baseball right now. You can't even argue that. I mean – Anybody that argues that he's not the best player in baseball doesn't hasn't watched baseball this year. Now, is he better than Mike Trout? All around, probably not. But Mike Trout hasn't been healthy in three years. Right, we got to see how he comes back. He was on a great pace to start this season, but this is another major injury for him. Aaron Judge, the last two season has been two seasons have been healthy. Mm-hmm. He's played hard. He's played as well as any player in baseball. So yes. He's having a great run. He's the quickest player in Major League history to hit 200 home runs. I, I don't know if he's ever going to break 500 because he started his career late. I think he started his career as a professional baseball player at the age of 25. So he's now 30 years old. By next year, he'll be almost 31. So I don't know what is going to happen in the offseason off with Aaron Judge. What I do know, ladies and gentlemen, is that the Yankees will not be outbid by any baseball team. And that's what Randy said. There will not be a story out there that the Yankees got outbid by any team for their own player. They won't do it. How will not let Aaron Judge go? So if, if San Francisco offers Aaron Judge $300 million, the Yankees will offer him three hundred and five. They will make sure that Aaron knows that the Yankees want him. The question is... Does Aaron want the Yankees? That's going to be the question in the offseason. Only Aaron Judge and his wife will make that decision. And that's what Randy Levine said. And that's, that's, that reassures any Yankee fan out there that the Yankees are not going to be outbid. Because I thought that was going to happen. It's not going to happen. He will not let let that happen. Yeah, even if it will, at least maybe it'll accelerate the bidding war to force a team to overpay for him at that point as well. Uh, shout out to David Davana, a new fan, uh, who says the ra- offensive line is not doing the Rams any favors. Yes, especially on the interior so far. Snook says, to celebrate the kickoff of the NFL season, I had Earl's favorite ice cream, mint chocolate chip, <laughs> baked into cupcakes. Tastes good, but doesn't look so hot. Hashtag ban the beef. Look at this. Uh, Wendy uh, Augustine is pitching her show out to our fans. Wonderful. On our feed. <laughs> oh, uh, Snug also says, rumor I heard from Josh Silverberg. I have no idea, Carl. <laughs> Snug says, rumor I heard from Josh Silverberg. Earl is wearing a good luck Jets thong that the beef helped him pick out. The I beef, probably am. The beef has a guy. <laughs> Speedy knows if he gives the beef to the right lady, he's going to have a good night. Lamar only wants guaranteed money, but also guaranteed crumble cookies every week. He's probably right on that one, too. Aaron Judge to the Kansas City Royals. Could be. Uh, Otani. Has... I, first of all, Kansas City will not pay him $300 no. million. Dollars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their whole team is probably worth about 100 Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Sug just has to defend the Sacramento Kings old location. So, because Sacramento doesn't have a baseball team or a Major League Baseball team. Could no. you imagine Kansas City outbids the Yankees for our that judge? Would be, Kansas City would have to give him probably like $600 million to have any shot at him. They would have to sell him the team. Pretty much. <laughs> hey, Patrick Mahomes is a stake in it. Why not our judge, too? Why not? <laughs> Uh, Slug says Otani has top five hitting and pitching stats. Wrong. Nestor Cortez should be the captain with that beautiful mustache. Top five of all time. I miss George Steinbrenner. He was more fun than Hal has ever been. 
What is he going to say? Yes, I will be outbid. Come on, he has to say that stuff in interviews. If Nestor Cortez did steroids, would his mustache be that much more powerful? The Angels don't care. They overpay everyone and long contracts. We'll see, though. New ownership coming this offseason. Look at this, Wendy. She's now trying to pitch it to Carl. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Let her do whatever the heck she wants. I, I could care less. Uh, Anyways, shout out to Whitney. Trying to pitch her show out to all the fans out there. Slick says, Aaron Judge and I had lunch with the other day, and he told me the Long Island Ducks had caught his attention. Uh, and Carl says, so you're saying the Yankees are nothing like the Knicks. Thank goodness. Carl, her, la- her name is Windy, like she breaks wind, you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> now let's get into some football conversation. And we have a lot of football to talk about. Uh, we'll be talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro. He'll be joining us in just a few moments. Uh, we'll get into the Miami Dolphins and what his thoughts of the AFC East. Uh, as as good as Buffalo looks tonight, where, do he, where does he believe Miami falls in that division? So we'll get into that in just a few moments with him. And a little bit later, uh, we'll be talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst Pete Bursick, who was on our show driving uh, the other time and had a lot of fun with us and, and uh, very happy to, for him to join us uh, as the Vikings uh, meet the Green Bay Packers on Sunday at 425. So Aaron Rodgers in the newly not improved wide receiving core of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, what, what's going on over here? Uh, Carl says uh, Clay Ferrar, he used to do local sports here in Southwest Florida. Yes, now he's in Miami, Carl. He's doing a WPLG. He's a sports anchor and reporter in Miami. And we're going to talk some Dolphins with him when he comes on the show in a, in a little bit. So it'll be fun. Uh, let's get into the Jets uh, because uh, it's been a story. <laughs> They're always a story here in New York, but it's been a story around the country now. And I, I, I know this... This four games that he's going to miss pisses off Jet fans because the Jets want to see if he's the franchise quarterback. He didn't really prove himself last year early in the season. In the second half, he played better. But how much better? I mean, when you look at the numbers. But going into the season when you have Joe Flacco starting for your team, it kind of puts a damper on where you think the Jets could be in the first four games of the season. Joe Flacco going into game number one against his former team. The first time he's going to play his former team since he left that team a couple of years ago. And really since he's won a Super Bowl. When you go into the season and you wonder where the Jets are at the quarterback position. You look at Zach Wilson as the franchise. The guy that you depend on and expect to really step forward as the guy for this organization. And now you're talking about Joe Flacco the last two weeks. And you're probably going to be talking about Joe Flacco for the next three weeks. So where does that put Zach Wilson when he comes back? And what happens if Joe Flacco wins the first three games of the season? What happens then? Because right now, if you're a Jet fan, and you're wondering where the Jets are as far as their star quarterback is or their franchise quarterback is, you wonder if they even know if Zach Wilson's going to be 100% healthy this year. And they said he will not play unless he's 100% healthy. This is the longest meniscus injury I have seen any quarterback have, especially when you've, re- you've read what the doctors have said when they went inside his knee. They said that the tear wasn't 
completely torn. And it's completely fixed, and they thought he was going to have a very speedy recovery. Now, all of a sudden, he's missed four weeks of the preseason, and he's going to miss, he's going to miss at least another four games for the regular season. Or three. That's seven weeks for meniscus surgery. I'm bothered by that if I'm a Jet fan. Because I can't sit here today and say, when Zach Wilson steps on the field, he is the best player for the job in week four. He's missed all of preseason. He's missed mostly all the practice with all the star- practices with all the starters on this team and on this roster. So he's walking in at the end of week three, going into week four, not knowing the offense the way he thinks he knows it. With the offensive lineman, the new offensive lineman that he have, Lincoln Tomlinson, Dwayne Brown. This will be a first time or the first time he plays with them on a field. So how cold is he going to be not knowing and not understanding where the line's going to be when he's stepping behind center? Font is not playing left tackle this year. He's moving to the right tackle position. Uh, it's going to be. It's definitely going to be different. Having them on one side and not the other. So if you look at the Jets right now and you wonder what the Jets are and where the Jets are going to be without Zach Wilson, it would worry me, knowing that I'm going into a season without my starting quarterback. So I, I, I tell all the Jet fans, and I've spoken to a lot of Jet fans over the last couple of days, and they tell me that the Jets are going to be fine. Joe Flacco's the guy. Joe Flacco's the guy. That he's, he's done this before. He's won before. Are you really excited going into a season that your starting quarterback is going to be out for the four, first four weeks, and you're in a division right now? where even though the Patriots are not as good as they have been over the years, but Mac Jones is supposed to be the next big thing, everything that we've heard. Speedy, I know we have the guest. We'll bring him on. You keep itching yourself. I know he's, he's waiting to come on. The Buffalo Bills, who are playing tonight, they're up. I think it's 10-7, to 7, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Cooper Cup just got a touchdown. They, everybody expects them to be a Super Bowl contender. Everybody thinks they could go to the Super Bowl this year. They might even play the Rams in yeah. a Super Bowl. I mean, these are two very well-matched teams. And I've said it already. Besides the quarterback, I think the Jets has as, many, has, much, has as much talent as the Buffalo Bills on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. But does that mean they're going to be as good? They don't have Josh Allen. They have, I, I'm sorry, Joe Flacco, who's old, still thinks he could play, and I think the Jets think he could play. But he could, he, could he take this team all the way in the first four or five games to a winning record that when Zach Wilson steps on the field, he's going into the season where he has a chance to win. He has a chance to take this team to the playoffs, which nobody believes they do. 
Uh, before we go to break up, uh, Ben says, go pack, go Cheeseheads, football. All I want my birthday this weekend is a Packers and Badgers victory. Well, we'll see about that. You have a fellow, uh, your fellow Wisconsin fan and Josh rooting for the same thing. When we come back, we'll be talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro here on the sports line mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We were just talking about Zach Wilson and the Jets, and why not get into the AFC with now we are talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro. Clay, what's going on, bud? I am about to say the four greatest words in the English language. I am watching football. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, could not be better, my guys. How we doing? We're good, Good. man. And we're watching the football game, too. And it looks like he's going to really come down to the end of the game where I expected uh, Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen to come you know, to the line of scrimmage, and one of these guys are going to show why they're the star quarterback uh, of their team and why they're the star quarterbacks of their conferences. So it's going to be fun. I believe this is going to come down to the end. And Josh Allen early in the game looked like he was the better quarterback, and now all of a sudden he's made a couple of mistakes. His team's made a couple of mistakes. And now Matthew Stafford has an opportunity to take the lead of this game and go into the, go into the second half as the, you know, as the lead team right now in this in this game so we'll get into that a little bit later but uh, as everybody knows we are talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro so Clay why don't we get into your but before we do that how are you and how are your how is your family doing from this whole pandemic I'm doing great you know we've uh, I've got three little ones all uh, 17 months apart I don't know what on earth my wife and I were thinking, uh, but uh, they're all, you know, so we, at one point we had three under three. And so they're uh, right now eight, seven and about to turn six. And so it's, uh, I'm saying all that is, is background because you talk about a crazy time in your life and your formative years to be going through all of this. So we're doing well. And uh, you know, I think we're feeling like we're on the other side of this thing mm. and uh, trying try to figure out what this, this new normal is going to be in this world for these little ones. But yeah, we're, we're good right now. There's, Get, getting used to the swing of school this year. There's no such thing as normal in this world. It's <laughs> so true. <laughs> there's so true. nothing normal about this world because yeah, I remember, I remember a couple of, I would say about six or seven months ago, you couldn't even go to the city without having shots. Now, all of a sudden people are going to ball games and it doesn't matter who's sitting where, where they're sitting. It doesn't matter if you have shots or not. I remember when Lou Lamorello over here with the Islanders sent players away like Bodie Wild. He had to play over there in Germany because he couldn't play for the Islanders because he wouldn't get shots. So now all of a sudden, that changed. The, 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 the states and the politics have changed everything. And now all of a sudden, there is no more COVID. Everybody can go out. They don't have to wear masks anymore. Figure that one out. I don't understand it. You go different places and you feel like uh, sometimes there are are different rules because you know I'll, I'll say this like wherever you go you kind of have a mask in the back back pocket just in case you know like so i go to uh uh dolphins camp and you have to like all right all right are we do we have to wear it now or <laughs> like 
and and I mean, I'll say this, like we we went into open locker room for the first time last week and I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, man, last time I was in an open locker room was Super Bowl for mm. for Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. It's been that long ago. Mm. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, there is no such thing as normal in this world. And yet it almost seems like what normal is for that particular day seems to change by the day and, and by the place. So, um, but look, I, I think I'm, I'm thankful that we're, you know, it, at least in a place where we're getting back to where we feel somewhat normal and, and I can walk into a, an NFL locker room or a major league baseball clubhouse now and, and get back to doing what we love in person. So why don't we get into uh, something that you love and that's football as you spoke so highly of, uh, let's get into your Dolphins, the AFC East. We we were just talking about Zach Wilson. He's he's going to probably miss the first three games of the season. He might not be back until week four, maybe five. Um, and this AFC East is really open. Besides the Buffalo Bills, we don't know what the Patriots are. We don't know what the Jets are. And we don't know what Tua and the so-called high-flying Miami Dolphins are going to be with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So, you are in Miami. What are the thoughts right now for the Dolphin fans and the Dolphins organization? Cautiously optimistic. You know, and I, I think uh, for people who have been down here for a long time, I was fortunate enough to be here. Uh, I got here down, back in 2014. And so, but people who have been all, down here a lot longer than that. They, they know, yeah, I mean, hey, the 72 Dolphins were great. And, and Dan Marino's second season, you go to the Super Bowl, man, that's great. There's a whole lot of these to come. And it hadn't been that way. And, you know, what's what's funny is the Miami Heat have kind of garnered the most attention in this town for a, for a long time now. Um, and yet I think everybody would agree that all things being equal, this is still a football town. And, you know, I mean, we go back a couple of years ago and, and the Miami Hurricanes were on a mm-hmm. fun run. And and so I think I say all that because if the Dolphins are as good as they've looked in training camp and, and look, I'm not saying we're, we're putting a whole lot of stock in what we saw in training camp relative to the regular season, but if they continue to show that sort of potential, man, this place is going to go crazy and and they're going to embrace them. So how are people feeling, man? People are excited. And yet I think there's also cautious optimism, cautious excitement because you know, we had to deal with years of, is this the year that we finally find out if Ryan Tannehill is a franchise quarterback? There were like <laughs> five of those. This is the first time since the early 2000s last year that the Dolphins back-to-back winning seasons. And with as crazy as things felt from the outside looking in, talent-wise, the trajectory seemed to be good. Um, and and then everything happened in the offseason. And now you kind of hit the reset button. And, and yet that reset button has entailed a massive upgrade in talent at certain spots that really needed it. It's a lot of words to say cautious optimism, but I also think that I don't remember seeing a team this talented out there in training camp. And so I think there's a reason for that cautious optimism. So before I get to my question, uh, one of our fans, Carl, wanted to mention um, he, he watched watched you back when you were in uh, Southwest Florida on a Wink oh, TV. Yeah, over Wink TV, yeah, very yes, cool. very cool. Yes, so he wanted to shout that out. So uh, my question is about their new coach and Mike McDaniel. They bring in him, won an offensive coach for the first time in a while, probably since they had Joe Philbin. They brought in a lot of different pieces, trying to create a 49ers like offense. What have been your impressions so far of what you've seen? And do you think his scheme is very similar to what you've seen in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan? So I, I've been blown away by Mike McDaniel, the person. Um, and look, this this isn't like this guarantees nothing. And and I, I feel like I, I have to say this every time because invariably you'll have somebody that says, 
oh, well, yeah, let's just wait to see when he loses, loses his first game or all of his <laughs> jokes going to be funny. Like, no, we get it. Like, we, <laughs> it's okay, but it's okay to enjoy what we've had in front of us. And so uh, what I've noticed with him is he has this disarming way, and it's not just with us in the media, it's with players. And, you know, you talk to players and – you can get the straight scoop and, and you can, if they speak in cliches and like, it's all stuff you've heard before, then you can kind of chalk it up and say, all right, well, we'll believe it when we see it. What I've been surprised by is everybody has a story with him and, and a way that he has connected to them individually and, and made them feel special. And, and like, I think there's something to be said for that. When you have a head coach who is not going to stand up in front of a room and scare anybody. I, I mean, and, and he'll joke about it. He's five foot five, 160 pounds soaking wet. Um, but he's smart in a way that he doesn't have to be the smartest guy in the room. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. So in my interactions with him, in our interactions with him, I've been blown away by Mike McDaniel, the person. I've been really impressed by how, how he embraces the teaching side of all of this and understands the importance and uh, things that players have said is that he gets us. Well, that doesn't mean that, Oh, he's going to be buddy, buddy. And no, it means that he understands how, how modern and and younger players brains work. He calls it the ADD generation. And (laughs) you have to get their, you you have to get guys attention. Um, And here's a perfect example. He told a story at the introductory news conference. He said, look, my first job, was basically like as an assistant to the assistant wide receivers coach. I'm a, a five and a half foot guy, uh, 23 years old out of Yale with zero meaningful experience. And my job in Houston was to tell Andre Johnson how to be a better football player. <laughs> you, you tell me how that worked out. And, and he said, what I quickly found out was if you can reach them and show them this is where you're great this is where you can be even greater. I will show you how, and it will make both of us a lot of money along the way. You can get people's attention. And it's, it's so simple, but it's so honest. And, and it's that kind of stuff where he just finds a way to reach people. And, and uh, it's, that's all important. So that's a lot of words to say. Our interactions with him, great. My interactions with players who have spoken about him, really good. But yes, we all understand that that all goes away if they lose 38 to 10 on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro. Clay, I mean, Tyreek Hill has really spoken highly of himself all offseason. And <laughs> we all know who he is. I mean, we follow him on YouTube. We follow him on his podcast. He's got a great personality. Really does. And what he has said about Jalen Waddell is that he believes that this is the best duo as far as he's concerned in the NFL when it comes to speed and ability. So what are your thoughts, what you have seen at training camp of both players? Uh, Yeah, I I mean, pure speed, and and I think a lot of it, look, Jalen Waddell is fast. But what I found really interesting was both Kayvon Wallace and uh, Buck's defensive back said the same thing that they have never seen a – Carlton Davis was the one who said it. They have never seen a player as fast as Tyreek Hill. They, have, they said that's a different kind of speed. And this wasn't after a preseason game. This was after these joint practices. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I've found in recent years that you can get a lot more out of these joint practices relative to the first string guys because you've got a lot more good on good out there. Um, and, yes, yes, the, the, the one-on-ones, it's heavily slanted towards the offense. But there's a lot of team drill out there too. And so – and you also, I think, get more – 
honest opinion about evaluating the guys across from you after those because it's like this is not a meaningful game. Like you can, So when I hear Carlton Davis and Kayvon Wallace say that after a full week and then a game of going up against Tyreek Hill, uh, it, it catches my attention. And so I think, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they do end up being – the most the, the fastest duo in the NFL because you have the fastest player in the the guy who plays the fastest in the NFL in Tyree Kill at that position and and Jalen Jalen Waddle is really really fast too so yeah now how will that look in the offense and I think that's what everybody wants to know and, and the thing that I'm sure you guys have heard over and over mm-hmm. well, how what does it matter if Tua can't get him the ball and <laughs> how many times if you go back over the last couple of years where Patrick Mahomes throws a deep ball. And Tyreek Hill is coming back for it. And and a lot of that is because Patrick Holmes is just ridiculously gifted when the play breaks down. And so he's rolling out and, and they're in scramble drill. And that's where a lot of these big plays happen. Where I think Tua can and has to connect on big plays with these guys. He could throw the ball 60 yards in the air, he throw the ball 55, 60 yards in the air. But the timing is what's going to be imperative with him. He's not going to be able to roll out and and buy the sort of time and throw off balance 60 yards in the air like Patrick Mahomes did. And that's where Mike McDaniel's going to come in. And, and I think that's where you, you want to design plays where Tyree Kill wins at the line of scrimmage and you give two a, a, a very obvious read to get him the ball in stride. Same thing with Jalen Waddell. Um, we'll see how much Mike Kosicki is involved now that he ended up staying down here. We'll see if he plays more as a wide receiver or a tight end. Um, so those are the types of, of plays that are going to open up when you have guys that fast because it's not just, yeah, he can throw the ball deep, Tyree Kill can get deep. If it's timed right, it's great. But the underneath stuff opens up. And so I, I, I'm curious to see how McDaniel brings all of that together and, and if Tua is able to, to progress and get these guys the ball on time and on target. So do you believe in uh, Tua as much as Tyreek Hill does? <laughs> no, I don't. I, man, I, 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 I would like to say I believe in my own family members as much as Tyreek Hill believes in Tua. Um, but, I, you know, and this is one thing, too, I've said, and in, in, uh, my, my feature today was actually on Tyreek Hill and, and how – teammates teammates love the guy and the one thing they've said about him is he he's a superstar but he has a way of making everybody else feel like they're hanging out with somebody who isn't a superstar he wants to be the every man and connect with everybody and that's great and and i think that's part of what's being said about too is like i think everybody around here knows and i'm sure they feel it in that building uh, Tua hasn't exactly been set up for success, and I'm not making any excuses for him. I, I compare him to Jimmy Garoppolo and what we've seen from him mm. up to this point. Like, I think that's the comp. Do I think he can take another step? Sure. But I don't think he's been very good to this point in his career. With that said, he hasn't been set up for success as far as having weapons, for having an offense properly designed for what he does well, and also, frankly, with having people around him that believe in him. And so I think there's a big push for that, not just with the coaching staff, but obviously when you have somebody as dynamic and as commanding of a presence as Tyreek Hill, it's important to have him on your side. So, yeah, I think all of that's important. I think all of it matters. Um, and I hope that they're able to fulfill that because uh, life's a lot better and business is a lot better when the Dolphins are good. But that's going to be a big part of this. I think we could say the same about the Jets. <laughs> Every, <laughs> all the optimism with the Jets lies on one quarterback who's not going to play until probably week four. So happy-go-lucky for all us Jeff fans and waiting for Zach Wilson to step on the field again. 
So the, the off, this offseason, we saw the Dolphins get a penalty for tampering this offseason with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Their ownership was trying to pursue both of them. Um, Stephen Ross lost a first-round pick and got fined as a result of that kind of thing. If Tua Tagovailoa and, and Mike McDaniel down the road don't work out, could you still see them try to pursue that? If Brady does stay, he might retire. Who knows? But if they if he doesn't, could you see him pursue him maybe even next year or the year after? So pursuing Brady may be tricky only because the punishments that have come down from the investigation. Are you also hearing that Tom Brady and his wife are not getting along because Tom Brady decided to come back to football when he promised his wife he was done with football? They are not going to go through another five years of Ryan Tannehill with Tua Tagovailoa. You know, every year, man, it was, is this the year we finally find out? No, he got hurt again. The offensive line stuck. They're not going to go through that again because they have, even with losing the picks that they did, they still have a way to move around, I think, and make a move for a quarterback if Tua does not pan out. So do I think it'd be Brady? Probably not. Um, But I do think that this this is Tua's shot. And I, I don't know if I can say definitively it's his last shot. But as long as things don't collapse completely around him, I, I think this is his his last best chance to prove that he's a franchise quarterback. And if he doesn't, then I, I do think they would look at moving on. And by the way, I, I, I don't know that you can put any sort of like a, a, a win total that he has to reach or numbers that he has to hit uh, stats wise in order to be deemed a success. I think you have to, to watch objectively and 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 look at what's going on around him and say, okay, is this a guy who is making the type of plays, making the type of reads in this offense um, to lead you to the Super Bowl? And if the answer is no, or if the answer is I don't know, you got to move on. And I think they would. We are talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro. And, and Clay, it's so interesting you, you, you speak about two of the way you do. And, I, and the questions really lie between Lamar Jackson. And I, you, you, think, you think you look at what Lamar Jackson is doing right now to Baltimore and he wants guaranteed money. Lamar Jackson might not get that contract. And in the offseason, he is a free agent. Now, we all know that Miami does not have a first-round draft pick. So no matter what happens to Tua this year, they're not getting a quarterback in the first round unless they trade back into the first round and they move up in the top 10, top 15. It doesn't seem likely. So if Lamar Jackson becomes a free agent, that would make a lot of sense. If Lamar wants to go somewhere else, Miami could be the team where he'd, he'd objectively want to go to because of Tyreek Hill and some of the weapons over there. And Waddle, and I think this year is so very important for Tyreek Hill and Waddle to show people how fun it could be to play over there if Tua isn't the guy. What are your thoughts to Lamar Jackson or maybe even Jimmy Garoppolo? He becomes available in the offseason. Let me add another wrinkle to that. Lamar Jackson's from down here, mm-hmm. and he trains down here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, we were out there one day when he was just throwing balls around with uh, Hollywood Brown down here. You know, so it's like there there are a lot of there are a lot of connections. And absolutely, I, I think there would be uh, any number of reasons why it would make a ton of sense. And they could go that direction. I don't know about the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. I It, it always when you have a quarterback that you're actively looking to replace, which clearly the 49ers were, and that was with McDaniel there. I, I, it just makes me think, Hey, good guy, good leader guys in the locker room, love him. But I I think a lot of the problems that we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo up to this point in his career, which is, you know, decent enough arm can, can make some throws. uh, But 
not not a guy who's going to win you a game with his arm strength and also a guy that unfortunately makes big mistakes at the worst possible time. Those are some of the things, guys, that we've seen with Tua. And so I, I think the hope is that Tua is able to progress and, and, and doesn't bring out the Jimmy G um, in him again. But <laughs> if that happens, I, I don't know that's the route they would go. Now, to your point. If the, the options are so limited that, that you know, that's what you ha- you'd have to go to, I, maybe they would look at bringing back Tua for another year. But I, I just don't see them in a mediocre year with mediocre or worse quarterback play standing pat and saying, nah, you know what, we're good with this. We're going to get more, one more run. I, I just think – and I'll add one more thing to that, guys – the talent around him is too good. Mm. Like you, you, you look there, and this is the one thing I can say definitively: the talent level on offense is much higher than it's been um, in, in a long time that I can remember. I mean, you look at the receivers out there. Here's a perfect example: they cut Preston Williams. Well, mm. two years ago, Preston Williams was the number two receiver, and there was talk about him eventually being a number one. Um, and and this year, you see guys side by side, and Eric Azucama, the fourth round pick, yep. was significantly better than Preston Williams and, and Cedric Wilson, obviously. And, and the two guys we've been talking about with Wadley Tyreek Hill. So you upgrade the offensive line with Connor Williams at center and Tron Armstead at left. Like I'm throwing out a lot of names, but these are big names. These are guys that like are talented. And if Tua can't make it work with that, then I think you're going to have to take a serious look at, at whether he's your guy moving forward. So a question from uh, from Carl, one of our fans. Uh, how will Wes Welker coaching help on the offensive side and Patrick Sertan on the defensive side of the ball as assistant coaches? I'll tell you what, man. Wes is a ball of energy out there, man. He's fun to watch. He looks like he can still play. I mean, he, he, what's funny, This is nobody cares about this, but I'm going to tell the story <laughs> anyway. My, only, my first experience with Wes Welker was I think he was a free agent. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, Garth Brooks had a, a celebrity – he did this this celebrity charity flag football thing, and and uh, Garth was the quarterback, and <laughs> like just seeing and and just the coolest guy and doing so much good stuff with these kids. Well, Wes Welker was out there. I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Like Wes is Wes is coming back home to give back to the community and and hang out with. Little did we know that a few years later he'd be back down here and, and coaching. And um, so I, I think his energy is important. I think. You just and, you know, it's so hard, guys, because everything we're still in the honeymoon period. I mean, everything is rosy and, you know, everybody's undefeated. And uh, but you watch him out there and you see him interacting with the players and the attention to detail um, and and stuff like that. And, and you look at him and you're like, man, this guy was in his era, one of the best receivers in the league. Like, I, I can take something from that. And so, yeah, I think he's going to be like Patrick Sertan. Man, it's great to have him back. And uh I, I, I think everybody knows, and this goes back to what I was saying with this kind of being a football town. When you're when you're from South Florida, or when you do something big down here, it, like people remember you. And so when everybody comes back, and that's why, hey, when you're when you go to the University of Miami, like you are a cane for life, and and you come back down. Well, same thing goes for Patrick Sertan. Everything he did with the Dolphins and uh, doing stuff down here with high school. Te- like it's so cool to see these guys out there. And hopefully it plays out well because these are guys who I think fans would latch on to very quickly. And, um, you know, like I said, business is good when they're winning. So uh, combine all that together, it gives us some good stuff to talk about. We are talking to WPLG Miami sports anchor and reporter uh, Clay Ferraro. Clay, last question for me. The strength of the Dolphins offense for years has been their running backs. And the guy that I really 
loved the 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 pickup in the offseason was Chase Edmonds. Uh, I watched him out, out on Arizona last year. He did fight injury throughout the season. John Connor really won the job, but Chase Edmonds back and forth played so well for the Arizona Cardinals. Now Miami brings him in. I, I really believe he's their number one. Uh, he's been fighting injury. I heard a little bit in in training camp, but I believe this guy, if he stays healthy, could be a thousand yard rusher. He could be a guy that can catch in the backfield. I think he's a very, very good player at the position that he plays. What are your thoughts to Chase Edmonds and the pickup by the Miami Dolphins? Everything you said, um, as far as the injury goes, I, he should be fine this weekend. But I do think, like you said, I mean, it's a guy who who does have some issues with that historically. So what I think they're trying to do with him and also with Teron Armstead is they're managing this. And so you didn't see T.A. a whole lot out there, um, but he's he feels great. He feels fresh. And uh, same thing with Chase Edmonds. And, and so I, I think he's going to be really good as long as he stays healthy, uh, I, you know. You, you talk about the upgrade at the receiver position talent-wise, or I did. Um, and the same could be said about the running back position. And it's like the last couple of years, hey, Miles Gaskin, mm. for what they were expecting out of him, he hey, he did a, he did a really good job. I, I don't think he could have, could have asked for much more than what you got out of him. And yet, in many ways, he was their number one running back at times. And now he's number three on the depth chart and, and can catch balls out of the backfield. But – you're going to hope that Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert are going to going to pick it up. And wow, Josh Allen just stiff stiff armed the dude. That was nuts. Um, so God, I love football. I'm so glad he's back. Um, I love but, you, uh, man. You have some personality, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, personality, uh, personality. Uh, yeah, my brain isn't working. Yeah. You got to see this, man. I feel like John Madden. Whoever, who's Scott for Nick for Scott? Way. He's their third safety, yeah. and he played well in the oh, playoffs last year. Good, not nice. anymore. Oh, <laughs> wow! His Madden rating is negative eight after that. <laughs> uh, so I, I like it. I, I, I like the, the running back situation a lot more than what we've seen in the past, and, and it's going to allow a guy like Miles Gaskin to do what he's best: go out and get in space. Um, and maybe catch the rock a bit, but yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they cut Sony Michelle. Uh, I think they really like the other guys in that room and, and Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert in particular, two guys that could, could break big plays at any time. And that's the element they've been missing. They now have that explosive element with the receiver and the running back position. So, you know, again, I, people are excited and, um, you know, with good reasons so far. So last question, Miami Dolphins record, are they a playoff team? 10-7 and yes. And here's the thing. I think they sneak in with the seventh spot. I think okay. they are significantly better than they were last year, but the AFC is just such a stinking gauntlet. You can make the case for 10 playoff teams or 11 playoff yeah. teams. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me a bit to see Indianapolis win the whole thing. Yeah. Like You can look at each of those top 11 or so and say, yeah, that team could do this. Yeah, that team could do that. Um, I, I feel really good about what I've seen out of, of Miami to this point. And yet I think you have to to understand the competition level is going to be really high. So I have them sneaking in at 10 and 7. And, uh, and who knows, maybe they're that hot team at the end of the year that catches fire. Well, Clay, I definitely want to get you on again. As the season progressively moves forward, the AFC East is going to be very interesting as the Patriots, as the Bills, as the Jets and the Dolphins will be fighting for that lead number one team in that division. But I think it's Buffalo's to lose, but there are so many what-ifs with all three of these teams, with the Patriots, the Jets, 
and the Miami Dolphins. Miami is stacked. The Jets are stacked when it comes to their rosters. And, and, and pa- the Patriots aren't as stacked as they usually are going into the season. They've lost a lot of pieces in the offseason. Van Noyd and, and, and some of the corners that they've lost and some of the weapons that they lost. It's going to be very interesting to see where Miami is, where all these teams are going to be as the season progressively moves forward. We really appreciate the time, and we're going to get you on soon. You're awesome. Thank you, Clay. It's I'm, it's so beautiful. I've all missed you over here. You're talking all these football. <laughs> it's so great. It's here. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Thank you, Clay. Clay Ferraro. I love that last name. Uh, Peter and Chris Ferraro I played hockey with, uh, played in the NHL. Uh, and uh, I've, I've read a little bit about Clay. I never really followed him until – I, I checked him out when you were telling me we were going to get him on, and he has some energy. He really does. He has a lot of energy, and I love that about him, and very good personality. And we're sorry that his uh, video feed couldn't work, but uh, we're definitely looking forward to getting him on again, Speedy. Definitely a good mm-hmm. find on that. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk to our buddy, the funny guy, the driving man, the Viking linebacker, and current Viking Network analyst Pete Bursick here on the Sports Lab Mouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. 631 672 3108 is the number. You're listening to the Sports Loud Mouths. You can check our website out at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We were just talking to WPLG, Miami sports anchor and reporter Clay Ferraro. Fantastic find from you, Speedy. He was fantastic. And now we have a guy... That the last time we spoke to him, he was driving. We were having a lot of fun with him. And now finally, he's home. He's chilling. He's watching the football game and getting ready for, getting ready for his Vikings and the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. We are now talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst, Pete Bursick. Pete, what's going on, bud? Not much. How are you guys doing? I, my question to you would be, have you asked anybody yet, about whether or not their team's going to make the playoffs and then have them say no. <laughs> We're waiting on that. You know what I mean? Well, I'm one of the guys. I'm wearing a Jets hat. I know they're not making the playoffs. <laughs> the Jaguars are making the playoffs. Yeah. You know what? That would be the way to challenge that theory. I need like a like a Jaguars or like a Lions guy on or yeah. something like that. I, I mean, as yeah, a Yeah, but G- then there's that whole thing about ratings. <laughs> That's true, too. I mean, so. as a Jet fan, I, I already know. Listen, I, I think the Jets are very talented. They have a lot of young talent, but they we don't know if they have a quarterback. So, again, yeah. going into the season, their starting quarterback's not going to be playing until probably week four. So, right. you're going into the season with I, – I, I think Joe Flacco's still a, a quality quarterback – but he's a veteran quarterback that's like 40 years old, and he's going out there as your starting quarterback. So that scares me as a Jet fan. And what happens if he gets hurt? Who are you going to trust? And that's well, that's the who, problem. I mean, but then again, who has who has a good backup quarterback? Mm. I mean, you 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 can't if you think about it. There are how how many teams in the league are really saying, you know what, we we got our guy at quarterback. Mm. Right, that we can't really upgrade our, our quarterback like what 
20. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it, it's amazing. Cause there's what 300 and some million people in this country and he can't <laughs> even find 32 good quarterbacks <laughs> or elite quarterback. And it, but I think it's, it speaks to not only how hard that position is, but also with the rule changes, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could obviously with Brady, you can live forever. If the rules were the same as they were back in the nineties and the, you know, early two thousands, Brady couldn't still be playing because he'd be getting hit too much. And now he can't touch him. Um, uh, you know, you, I guess you could touch him theoretically, <laughs> but, but so you're seeing these guys hang on longer. Right. And it's just harder and harder to find to find that position. And then, with the other rule changes as far as not jamming receivers and all this, you know, th- that position is just, oh, my God, it's the most important in sports. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it right, good luck to you. You could touch it. You just can't put your body weight on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We are uh, talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst. Pete Bursick. So, Pete, why don't we get into your Vikings? Because the NFC is so open. It's wide open. Besides maybe four four teams in the NFC, it, it, there are seven teams that can make the playoffs. And those other three spots, you just don't know where it's going. So, the Vikings yeah. right now in their division, it's a very weak division. Uh, I know the Lions have a lot of people are better. Uh, the Bears don't have any wide receivers, so let's count them out. They're probably one of the worst teams in all of football. They have Justin Fields. He's probably going to get killed, killed this year with that offensive line. My thought going into the season is it, this is the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers division to win. Where do you see both these teams, and how does the Vikings match up against the Packers? Um, yeah, it, it – I – I agree with you on, I mean, it's, it's a huge game for, for an opening game, right? Mm. It's your, it's your, it's your, the rival, the two teams you expect to battle um, for the division. Um, It's our home game, the Vikings home game. So the next time you play them, you'll unfortunately be in green Bay. Um, So it, 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 every, you know, each only one more, you know, you only get one win or one loss, but in this case, uh, it breaks ties and it does a lot of other things. So it's a little bit more important. I mean, the advantage right now for the Vikings is that the, the Green Bay Packers, if you think about it, if you're a coach for the for the Packers defense, what looks were you showing your team this whole week? They have really no idea what the Vikings are going to do personnel-wise, formation-wise, shift-wise, motion, any of that stuff. So they're probably going to have to keep it simple. Um and I mean, yeah, you can get some idea concepts maybe from the Rams, but they didn't, you know, the Rams didn't have, not since Todd Gurley, they haven't had a guy like, you know, like Dalvin Cook. They definitely didn't have a fullback like CJ Ham, who made the team. So there's going to be some two back running game in, in there mixed in and, and go find some of that. Go find a play action pass that the Rams threw last year. I think you got to go, I think the last time they threw a play action pass was in the Tampa game. And trust yeah. me, I watched almost all of them last year. <laughs> but the Tampa Bay game, they you know they, they faked the faked the dive and threw the ball to the tight end. I mean, with Cousins and the way he you know how well he does on the play action pass, having to keep him protected, having a good running game, you'd expect a lot of that. So for Green, but my point is, is Green Bay's defense might be on their heels in the beginning because they don't know what to look for. The problem though is you've got guys like Kenny Clark, uh, Rashawn Gary. Uh, Preston Smith, you know, you've got, you've got some really physical, physical defensive linemen, especially, 
especially Kenny Clark. And the, you know, the first play of the game last year against us, he pushed our center Mason Cole all the way almost into the, into the mesh point when mm. cousins was trying to hand the ball off to Dalvin. I mean, if they just line up and do that to us and it doesn't matter what you're calling. So I think we've addressed a lot of that up front um, in our offensive line. I mean, so many things have happened since we last talked, we could do another hour on this, um, <laughs> but so many, you know, so I think so many of the problems have been addressed. We didn't have that many in the offensive line, but I think, uh, you know, uh, Ingram starting at guard, he's a good, he's a kid who at 18 years old started 12 games for uh, LSU. So you've got an 18 year old kid out there playing major college, you know, division one college football. And he obviously kept his job throughout the season. So he's used to being young and being in big spots. So I, I have, you know, he's still a rookie, but you have a lot of confidence and he's going to get a baptism under fire when he has to block <laughs> Kenny Clark one-on-one for the first time. So, um, but it, it, so in that respect, we have an advantage. I mean, defensively, we have a whole new system as well. Um, you know, Zadarius Smith is one hell of a good ball player. He's a good outside linebacker. Um, he's a very, very good interior pass rusher on third down. So I would expect to see him lining up over guards and over the center a lot on third down, not necessarily, you know, coming off the edge, Daniil Hunter, but we haven't seen Daniil in, in almost two years. And so, um, getting him back on the field to be exciting. Uh, yeah. So it, 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 it's, I don't know what to expect in so, in so many ways. We haven't seen any, hardly, we haven't seen probably f- half of our starters. They didn't play a snap of preseason. So we have no idea what, you know, what they're going to look like. And then throw that into a big home game, 325 kickoff, you know, against your rival. I mean, the NFL knows how to do it. They, you know, whoever does the scheduling does a, pretty damn good job and they probably make a lot of damn money a lot more than you and me mm-hmm. um combined so it's gonna be it's i'm excited it's gonna be fun i you know i can't stand the packers i don't like them i you know you got to respect them because they're good but you know i, I just want to see our uh the purple come out I mean, it'll be a huge win what a way to start the season whoever new, new gm new head coach the whole thing whoever picks the schedule for the nfl i want to choke Okay, I just want to grab him <laughs> by his neck and choke him to death because well, you're, it, if you're a Jets yeah, fan, it doesn't of course, make sense. You guys, you, 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 look at the look at the schedule the Jets have had in the last three years. <laughs> last year they had the fifth hard, hardest schedule. The year before that it was the sixth. This year they have like the the fourth. It doesn't make sense. It's None of it does. When you if but here's the thing if you if you end up being like. Cincinnati all of a sudden and now they're going to have a bunch of Monday night Sunday night primetime type games you got you, you know you got a Green Bay always gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the schedule and I you know I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at that one but I'm telling you I don't know how many times we've played them on a short week in their place or you know th- just weird weird things like that um so yeah I agree with you I mean that respect yeah I, I mean I I I don't how would I say this? Uh, yes, the schedule is made harder on teams. And unfortunately, I think they make it harder on some of the teams that are struggling. Yeah. Uh, your Jets, screw I the mean, Jets. Screw the Jets. Let's throw them, let's throw them to mean, the Wolves. And the problem with the Jets, though, is every, every game's a road game. Because, <laughs> you know, they got to go from Long Island out to, out to New Jersey, right? That's a two-hour bus ride. So you may as well throw them on a plane. I mean – that was I had a coach who coach uh, Ted Cottrell was with the Jets and he's yeah. like yeah every every game was a road game and then everybody leaves early to beat the traffic through the tunnel on the way back if <laughs> if the game isn't close and 
It's a it's a tough spot for you, man. You're in a tough you're in a tough spot. Tell me about it. I feel for you. Uh, well, I, I feel, feel for you. myself too. Uh, I've been a Jet fan <laughs> since 1982, since the day I was born. And besides the fact that I like the green and white, boy oh boy. And they keep talking about Joe Namath. Joe Namath, <laughs> he's a, he was a Hall of Famer. You want to say he was great? That's fine. I never got a chance to see him play. I've met him a couple of times. Nice guy. Is he? Is he one of the elite quarterbacks of, of all time? He's not. Let's be honest with each other. He's just not. He's not. But I love him. He he won a championship for the Jets. I wasn't alive right. to see it. So I well, don't care. Hey, but, it, but at least you guys have one in your history. I mean, look at us. We lost four Super Bowls. I've played in two NFC championship games, called two other ones on the radio, 0-4. I think we're 0-5 in our last five NFC championship games. So... You know, I, I I can hear you a little bit, but at least you have that one. Pete, I grew up in Chicago, right? Pete, Pete, before so you, in before... 85, I'm 14 years old. The Bears won the Super Bowl. It's like, that's like the perfect age, right? As a kid, 13, <laughs> 14 for your team, <laughs> you know, to win it all. Um, so even if they're terrible now, who cares? They won a Super Bowl, right? They got it. They have a, they have a, they have a Lombardi trophy. They got one. Pete, let's be honest here. Let's, let, let's, let's be honest with each other. Okay, that organization has been uh, has been a complete catastrophe. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, the last time the the Jets have been the longest droughted team in the NFL since the last time they stepped on a football playoff series, a playoff game. Okay, how long's it been? It, it's since 2010, 2011. Yeah, yep. It's been al- almost eleven years since the Jets have played a playoff football game. Okay, it is. Just switch teams. I, I can't. <laughs> I wish. I mean, I get shots taken at me you because still wear, you you like you go wearing your Mark Gaston now jersey. Uh, and, well, know. I wasn't he even with hockey. Maybe he could do it. Well, yeah, this is where I get I, I get shots taken at me. When I was 12 years old, the Rangers traded my favorite player uh, to the Vancouver Canucks, and then the Rangers won a Stanley Cup in '94. So when he was when he went to the Islanders, I became who, who are you to, who are you speaking about? John Van Beesbrook. John okay. Van Beesbrook, right. who uh, who's a big I'm a big fan of. I I actually uh, me and him still have conversations. We're we're friends on not only on the radio shows, but uh, I've uh, he runs you. He's one of the guys that run USA Hockey. I was a big hockey player. I have a, nothing sure. but my utmost respect for Johnny. And over the years, I've been getting shots taken out since I've started this radio show and uh, throughout radio networks. Ranger <laughs> fans have killed me on social media because. I have all of a sudden become an Islander fan, okay? From a okay. Ranger fan to an Islander fan, they want to cut my head off, now, okay? If you, did you also abandon the Nets, the Mets? No. And the, See what I mean? If you well, abandoned I wasn't a the Mets, fan. Mets, and Jets, and then went Rangers, I... Yankees, you know, then, then, then yeah, I could see you getting, get, having, not being able to step on a subway. Pete, I, I mean? first of all, first of all, I, I love how everybody says when you're a Jet fan, you're a Met fan. That is so untrue because yeah, I'm a, I'm a Mets fan and I'm a Giants fan. He's the Jets fan, Yankee. Fan. It is so untrue <laughs> so when everybody says that. Yeah. I mean, I know so many Jet and Yankee fans. I, I don't know where even Jake Asman was yeah. on a show. We follow the same team. Yeah, you guys have the same four teams. The same so four teams, and he's a radio show host out in ESPN Houston. And we argue this all the time. How we how do we root for the same teams? And it doesn't make any sense. The whole you know the combinations don't make sense. I don't believe in any combinations. Here's what I believe in. New York sports absolutely sucks, okay? (laughs) 
That's it. That's where I'm selling to all those fans out there. It uh, sucks. The only thing that's good about New York sports is that they have the Yankees that have won 27 world, world championships. You that's know what? It. I'm going to just ignore that because at least you have options. <laughs> right? At least you have options. Oh, God. Right? I mean, most of the time you're stuck. You can't, you know, in Chicago you have two baseball teams, but mm. you only, you know, as far as football and hockey and all that go, you only yeah, they one, barely have a football. One, well, hold on one second. Uh, uh, Chicago Blackhawks won three championships in six years. Please. No, uh, that's a. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm talking about you guys have two <laughs> hockey teams, two baseball teams. They all suck. You, you know. Well, well, then, then, then go, then go watch the uh, U.S. Open, right? Go watch the open. It's encourage you to branch out. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I've interviewed. Go to go to the go to the U.S. Open. Which one? Tennis. tennis? Not the, not golf. Tennis. Okay. I've I've been and there. Just yeah. root for the home team. <laughs> there is no home team. Home I, player. <laughs> I don't know. I don't There's know. I mean, whatever. Marty Fish. He was the only American Marty guy Fish. that I like. You know. There's you doubles. Know. That's good. That could be. That's a team sport, right? Yeah. It's funny go that you watch doubles. It's funny <laughs> that you brought up Marty Fish. There there was a Netflix. Uh, Netflix did something about, te- uh, you know, men's tennis and stuff like yep. that. And Marty Fish had the same surgery I had. Uh, he found out he had a Delta wave in his heart uh, when he oh, was in. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I had the same thing. I found out no when kidding. I was 22 years old that I had a Delta wave in my heart and I had to have a, a really fast surgery on it, which obviously would have caused me a heart attack or all that. But I didn't, one out of every 200 people get it. And wow. we—I didn't find out until I was 22. I was a—I was—I was going to actually be. <laughs> Let me a, guess. You're at a Jets game. No, <laughs> no. It, it's so—it's fun, it's so funny you said they're gonna that. Kill me. No, literally. No. I'm, I, I, it, and then and then you have them as pallbearers so they could let you down one more time after you die. Uh, <laughs> it was a freak accident, Pete. <laughs> it's a freak accident because I was a top end hockey player. I was a, a top ranked hockey yeah. player. I, I was I was going I was looked to be possibly a second round draft pick in the NHL draft. Oh man! Um, I hurt my knee. Everything went so I decided when I was twenty one years old before I decided to go on tour to uh, you know travel you know as a DJ. I decided that I wanted to go into the service. So I went to Fort Hamilton. I, wow. I was I, I went through all the the different you know I, I guess you get the. The health things that the process right. that they wanted me to do, and then I had um, I had an EKG, and the EKG found the guy, the doctor found that there was something irregular about my heartbeat. He says, "We can't, we can't accept this. You got to go and see uh, a heart doctor." And I went to see a heart doc- heart doctor. I, I did a, all the different, the echo, everything like that. And he mm-hmm. tells me, "I said, well, Doc, am I going to die?" He says, "You're not going to die, but uh, it, it's kind of freakish and freakishly weird. You played." High, you are a high-profiled athlete. You never had asthmatic problems. You never had breathing mm-hmm. breathing problems, and you have a delta wave in your heart, which is a different path, you know, a different uh, path to your blood path to your heart, which could cause breathing problems and eventually a uh, heart attack. You know, if if, wow. you, if you keep it, he says you need to you, you need to start the process and all this other. So they they started this ablation thing at the, five years before, and I had a, a heart procedure done. And I was the youngest guy on the heart uh, on the heart ward to have something like this done. Uh, thank God I'm 100 percent healthy right now. And uh, same thing with Marty Fish. Marty Fish had the same yeah. thing, and yeah. he didn't know Marty. It was wrong. Marty's a Marty's a Minnesota guy. Yes, and so he, you know I've got I've got to know him over the years. Just he's just an awesome dude. Yes, and, you know in your case, 
you know, kind of thank God, no, thank God in a way it just kind yeah. of, felt, you know, things went the way that they did. And thank God you still have the ability to roll your passion yeah. into something like a radio show. Yeah. That's it, one of the hardest things is once the, once the, the sports gets taken away from you and, you know, so like for me, I mean, once my quit playing, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start coaching. So I coached with the Vikings and I was there for four years mm-hmm. and that about killed me, <laughs> you know, and it, it's like, so when you finally cut that cord, thank God, I still have the radio and TV and things that I do. So I'm involved at a level that I, I can, I can finally sit back and enjoy. Um, but where do you throw all that? Mm-hmm. Right. You, your, your whole life is structured in, about, about hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Everything, everything goes around the hockey schedule. It, it's so easy to make it, you know, I can't, oh, can't go to this wedding. Can't go to do this. Can't go do that mm-hmm. because I got this, you know, I got, I can't, you know, and then all of a sudden you get out of it and you're at work and you're like, well, when, when do I go home? <laughs> um, how sick does my kid have to be for me to take a day off work? Imagine if like, Harold lived in it, Minnesota like you. <laughs> right. Is it like 107? Can I go home? Or if he's 104, you know, it's like, it, it's, 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 uh yeah, it's it's a bizarre thing, but I'm you know what? Hey, we're lucky that uh, we're lucky that that happened to you. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't think you probably don't think that you're happy that you hurt your knee and all that. No, but, no, 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 no. And you know, I, I have thank some, God you're still here. Absolutely, I, I have some regrets, but um, this don't is something. All? Yes. That means you, all that means is you live. Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. Yeah, absolutely who hasn't right. lived? You know who who doesn't have regrets? At the you know the only guys that don't have any regrets are the ones that haven't done anything. Absolutely. And and even with radio, uh, it's a very competitive, you know, industry now and I compete and, and I know what I do and how I do it. I'm, I'm very unique and very different. And, and I want to be the best. I want to be known as the biggest radio. Yeah. You're the Jets fan. Yeah. I'm the idiot. <laughs> unique. Just call me the idiot. Errol, the idiot oh, marks. No, I wouldn't do that. Well, wouldn't do that. I'm a jet fan, so I have to be an idiot. You might <laughs> just be a glutton for punishment. <laughs> well, right. That, that, in some that people case, like that. Hey, uh, hey, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right. Some people just like that stuff. Some people, the only way they know they're alive is when they feel pain. <laughs> So you kind of have to ask yourself that question. Wow, I feel Pete, paid Pete, right. About a month and a half ago, we had uh, we had Brandon Jacobs on the show, oh, and he God. literally asked him the same oh, thing. Like, what is it like growing up like during all this pain? And hey, you know what? Don't I grew up a Cubs fan? Oh, so I know yeah. all about pain. Mm. Don't you know? So I I know I know I know the feeling. Well, I don't know if you know that feeling when you have. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a Jet fan. I'm I don't an know, Islander fan. Years, I don't know. I'm an Islander when, fan. When you have, what, four first-round picks this year and end up with three wins? Yeah. No, I don't know that feeling. <laughs> now, d- d- let's hope that doesn't happen. We got a lot of talent. Well, hopefully you guys win some games. We got no one to throw them to, that's but they're really talented. That's, okay. Well, that's what, I, that's what you have to say. And I, I, We're not here to talk about the Jets, but I'm – I, I do believe believe when you look at the Jets roster, you can compare their roster to Buffalo. You can p- compare their roster to some of the good teams. But there's one thing that you don't have, and that's a quarterback. You don't know if, right. if Zach Wilson's the guy. And if Zach Wilson is the guy, no matter how good Garrett Wilson is, no matter how good uh, Elijah Moore could be in his second year, or Brees Hall's going to be a beast uh, as a running back, mm-hmm. or Michael Carter has a great year this year, and, and Conklin and all the guys. And you know Conklin very, very well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's going to be a very good weapon for the Jets. It doesn't matter if the quarterback can't get him too. to the ball. It doesn't matter. You're right. So, it used to. There was a time I think when you could have a above average quarterback and you know win a Super Bowl, and I still think that's that can that's still kind of the case. 
you know, still maybe sort of kind of the case. <laughs> um, but that that gap is widening, I think, as as the years go by. You know, so if you do have an unbelievable, you know, the Bears, the Bears in '85 won it with McMahon. And yep. <laughs> McMahon was a good, he was a good quarterback. You know, was he any was he any better? I, you know, Brad Johnson wins one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Brad was, uh, I love Brad. He's a friend of mine. Played with him. Um, you know, he didn't even start in college, <laughs> right? And he wins the Super Bowl. So uh, you know, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And anyway, who's your uh, backup again? On the Jets? Yeah. Well, uh, Flacco. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, he won Joe a Super Flacco, Bowl. Yeah. another guy that had a really good defense that, you know, he won a Super Bowl. My point is, is is that you don't have to – if you can figure out that other side of the ball I – mean, I'm trying to give you some hope here. I don't know, and I don't <laughs> know if it's helping. Please. Maybe I'm just trying to set you up for the fall, but I'm not. I'm not sadistic. I'm going to blame you. I am oh. going to blame you. Wow. If the Jets have a bad season, I'm going to say – Damn you, Pete! You screwed me again. Yeah, I mean, blame me. <laughs> blame me. Sure, go ahead. Pete will have full control of I'll it t- when, the, when, when the Vikings beat the Jets, whatever they play them later in the season. Hey, you did have Rex Grossman we take you all the way to the Super Bowl. Yes, they should do. They should do. Am I going to be on that week? Oh, absolutely. Should we just get it on account? Absolutely. Assuming you want me back on, of course. Let's let's um, let's pencil that one in. Absolutely, because we're we going to talk about we're going to talk about the smack. Jets' record as, as zero and seven, and your Vikings are yeah, right now two on the borderline. And, and we'll <laughs> be like, yeah, it's December fourth, so that must be like week fourteen or something like that. It's at Minnesota. Oh, I'm sorry, we'll be two in two in uh, two in well, twelve. Come on, out, come on out to Minnesota. Actually, Minnesota in December is just lovely. I love. Oh, you love it. I you love it. I Sun played, goes down at four thirty in the afternoon. I love that cold. Below I love zero. the cold. I oh, love that's it. right. You're a hockey guy. I love the cold. Everybody sits here. It's so funny. We have a studio. Every studio I've ever been in, I always tell the studio, "Open up the window." They say, "Oh, it's it's going to make sound." I said, "I want the cold. I want the cold breeze on me." He's chilly. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "This this isn't cold." If you think here, this is cold, here's another timely bit. Has absolutely nothing to do with football. But you would get this because you're a hockey guy and you played in Canada, right? Yes, yes I did. What sits in the north end of every stadium, hockey stadium in Canada? What's Picture of whom? A Zamboni? <laughs> no, the Queen. That's right. They got it. Because I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh my goodness. They got to, they got like thousands and thousands of pictures they're going to have to take down. They're going to have to take new down. ones now. Yeah. Prince William. But yeah, you go into a hot, you know, you go, I've been, I've been to Calgary. I used to have to go to Calgary all the time. And I, you know, you're in, you're in the, there's a arena right by the stampede, um, you know, where the flames play and you look up in the North end of the stadium. I'm like, who, what the, what is that? And it's like, Oh, there's a picture of the queen and every, well, you know, in every Canadian well, stadium. England owns, England owns Canada. That, that's pretty much there. They're all there. Really? Yes, they do. Hmm. They, they absolutely do. And it, How's it's that pre- going for you. Well, it doesn't do, it doesn't do much. <laughs> I mean, free, free benefits. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's about it. I mean, here yeah. in the United States, you're lucky to get benefits. <laughs> Unless you're in Montreal, then you're owned, then you're owned by all the French. You can have to, you that's can right. have, that's, that's, that's true too. <laughs> yeah. that's As true. A, oh, I, why am I on here again? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. The Vikings. That's right. 
As everybody knows, we are talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst, Pete Burson. All right, so back to the Vikings and uh, yes. coaching that does not have to do with the Jets. Uh, <laughs> they, hire, they hire Kevin O'Connell to be their head coach. Actually, they were in the coaching search last time we had you on. Now they brought him in. Uh, Sean McVay, disciple. We've seen a lot of them have success in terms of turning around the team. We saw Brandon Staley, Matt LaFleur, a lot of guys, even Zach Taylor, who I questioned his coach a little bit, but that with the Bengals. So what have you seen so far from Kevin O'Connell with the offense and also with the, just the team culture and how is it different from what they had with Mike Zimmer? Okay. Well, you know, every, every coach has a style and, and for, you know, any head coach, and I don't care if you're coaching high school or college or NFL, you, you have to be yourself. You have to be who you are. Cause if you try to be somebody you're not, you know, you're going to look like Kelly down at LSU. You're going to, you know, <laughs> you're going to be, it, it, people will see through it pretty quickly. And the one thing I like about Kevin is he talks about the culture and, you know, that kind of thing, what they, it's not like they need, let me put it this way. When, when I was coaching with Mike Tice and we had the love boat thing, we had the Randy Moss trade. We had, you know, we had a lot of, and we had a lot of off, off the field things going on when they brought Childress in, that was a culture change. That was that's what that was for. They wanted to, you know, tighten the reins on, on everybody and everything. Um, this is just, I think, Kevin O'Connell and, and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, our new GM, this is just how they want to do it, right? They're both, they're, they're both younger guys, you know, I, and listen to me. Um, <laughs> but they, you, you don't have to spend more than 10 minutes or 15 minutes with Coach O'Connell. He's very articulate, Um and he's so up tempo. I mean, he's always, always just boom, 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 and and it, and that that part of it's contagious. And he also does a very, very good job of 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 turning the complex into some into something that's simple. And that's what I think good coaches do, right? You look at this game, and, and on many levels, it looks unbelievably complex. Um, but you have to simplify it. And when you're coaching a player it's not like you have to simplify it so they can draw it on the board. You got to simplify it to the point where they can remember this when they're on the field after being hit in the head 20 times and you know, they're, they're dying, they're breathing, you know, they have that, that's how ingrained these things have to be. Uh, and I think Kevin can do that. And so I've been extremely impressed with him um, with, you know, and some of the coaches that they've brought in, um, you know, I think it was very prudent for him to bring in like a Ed Donatell, a guy with a ton of experience. That way he can concentrate on the offense and he doesn't have to worry about what's going on defensively. You know, Ed can manage the game, you know, take timeouts if he had whatever. You, you, you have a lot of experience on the other side of the football. Um, so I I just can't wait to see this. Uh, you know, on the field on Sunday and then in the jet fan in me, I'm just like, mm, you know, careful what you wish for. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, we'll see, but you know, the players, you know, Mike Zimmer was an awesome coach. He was an unbelievably good coach, but he's just a different personality. He's the old grumpy guy. And there are a lot of old grumpy guys. Oh, you know, that, that won Super Bowls, mm. you know, and that was just Zim. That was just how he was. That's just, how he went about his business, Bill Parcells, you know, it's just that kind of, you know, you, you just, you, as a player, you're like, you know what, I'm going to make that guy smile at me or I'm going to make that guy compliment me. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to find a way for this guy to say something good, you know, and that's different now. You know, it, it's, it's such a different uh, atmosphere, different players. I mean, 
it's um, the game's changed quite a bit. And I think that, uh, you know, the Vikings have put together a pretty, a, a pretty damn good staff. And, and I think they brought in some really, they were smart, I think with their free agents, because the free agents they brought in, regardless of what you think of them as players, a vast majority of them have not missed any games or, you know, have, um, you know, Jordan Hicks from Arizona, mm-hmm. cap casualty, right? Um, he's had a hundred over a hundred tackles a few years in a row. Hasn't missed a lot of football games. Harrison Phillips, defensive tackle from Buffalo. Uh, I don't think he's missed a game yet in his career, you know, so they're, they're bringing in, they're bringing in guys, but they're, they're, they're durable. They're tough kind of, you know, people that they've brought in and, I don't know. We'll see. And again, I we'll see, we'll see how all this. I like all the moves, but I'm a you know it's like anything else. I'm a fan. I yeah, of course I like the moves. Of course they make sense. Of course this and this and this and this. But you know we haven't had a we haven't played a snap yet, so we'll we'll see. I mean the the Regan bit was good. Mm. You know getting or sorry um, Reagan mm-hmm. the receiver the guy that we got from Philadelphia. You might as well call him yeah. Regan. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an that was I think that was a big big move because we amir smith marset had done a good job but he had made some mistakes uh jalen naylor rookie uh six rounder out of michigan state i think he's, mm-hmm. he has potential down the road to being a good receiver um but you got to have a returner that could that you trust Re- the punt returner has to be an unbelievably good decision maker right mm-hmm. when do you let the ball go over your head and maybe go in the end zone um you know when do i pick it up when do i fair catch it you know, if it's by the sideline, do I just take it and, you know, get what you can up the sideline or do I try to bust it out to the wide field? You have to be trusty. You have to be trustworthy to play that position. And there aren't many guys that are really good at it. Mm. So hopefully Jalen is is going to come in and, and take that over. Um, and hopefully he understands that, wow, I just got traded. So it doesn't matter. I was a first round pick. I'm, you know, this is like kind of, this is my time. I have to do something here. So hopefully he's super motivated, um, you know, and we'll go, you know, so it's like, hey, we got even those question marks have been filled too. So wishing a prayer, Vikings win the division, the weakest <laughs> division in football, according to somebody I heard <laughs> a few minutes ago. No, I didn't say that. I said, hold on. I yeah, said, did. well, I yeah, did. did. I, I did, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You did, but. Well. All right. All right. There are <laughs> well, a lot of. what it is, but maybe it is the weakest no, division. No, no. I think the, I think, I think when you look at the NFC, I think that's a weak division. And I believe the NFC East is a very weak division as well. You see, that's, that's my, that's my question. Yeah. Is it, that's kind of the thing. It's like, yeah, the NFC East struggled quite a bit last yeah. year. And, 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 and who in the East has made. The changes. I mean, everybody's Philadelphia. High on Dallas, Only right? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> Only yeah. Philadelphia. Well, I mean, yeah, Philadelphia. But they have to – Philadelphia, we play them in week two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very interested to see what their passing game looks like because mm-hmm. that was kind of their you – ha- you have to, to make the playoffs, at least to make a run in the playoffs, you have to have some semblance of balance. Mm-hmm. It's very, very tough to win. And in, in, in if you're an offense or a defense that is really good – with the run or the pass and not good in the other, or, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to do. And so that's kind of the interesting part for me to see how they do opening day and see if they can sit back and throw the football around the yard. We are talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst, Pete Bursick. Pete, 
Uh, I mean, the strength of this team is offense. It really is. And you look at the weapons they have. Justin Jefferson is probably one of the best wide receivers in the league, top five wide receiver in the league. Some people put him in the top three. You have Adam Thielen, who last year uh, proved himself to stay healthy at some aspects of his game. Uh, He is a great – he has great uh, understanding of how to catch the ball and not dropping the ball. And then Dalvin Cook, who I think is so underrated as a running back – the guy doesn't stay healthy, but when he is on the field, he is more elusive than any running back in the NFL. What is this offense going to be this year if all three of these guys could stay healthy? Well, that's it. what you have is y'all have balance, right? Mm-hmm. Run, pass. I mean, I, I I sit there like I you know I look at um, uh, what Dal- see Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook the best you know running back in the league? It's like all right, well we have to. Let's take a look at that question. Is he, is he the, is he, can he run like Henry can, you know, in Tennessee? No, he can't carry. I don't think he, you know, he, he's maybe in the top four or five, mm-hmm. but if you bring in a route runner, a receiver, pass blocker, and all those other phases of the game, I think Dalvin is, is the most versatile running back 100%. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I'm excited, you know, to see what, what, the Rams decide to, you know, decide to do with them and the options that they use. Cause I know, I know one thing about O'Connell and that the Los Angeles way of doing things is, is shifting, motioning formations, putting running backs out wide, doing all these things just to get the defense one to tip their hat. If they're in man or zone, or if they're in this or that. And the second thing is to create mismatches. And if they could find a way to get you in a formation or your set where you have all of a sudden a linebacker, walking out and having to cover Dalvin Cook in space, they're going to take advantage of it, mm. right? So I'm mean, very, very excited to see, um, you know, like I said, Todd Gurley was for a couple of years an unbelievable producer. And I could see them trying to do or doing or having, you know, Dalvin falling into that into that that niche to say he could be that guy. Now, Jefferson is as explosive as, it can, as he can be. And for Jefferson, the cool thing about, and I hope Cousins does more of this, is it is, is is what Jefferson has is a catch radius. If you get that ball anywhere near him, he comes down with it. Mm. And I don't, you know, I like to see Kirk do that a little bit more. I don't care if everybody's covered. It's one of those things where if you look and you know your primary, secondary, those guys are all covered. Just throw it up to Jefferson, and he'll sixty-five percent of the time come down with it. And he's so good down the field. He's so fast. He's so good at starting and stopping. And then you've got Adam Thielen, who, um, yeah, he's his numbers are down um, because of injury and some other things, but probably one of the best red zone receivers in the league right now. And I think that's where you're going to see a lot more of him, his precision in running routes, um, you know, his timing, those kinds of things, all those things that become so important in the red zone. Um, I think Thielen's going to be there as well. Um you know, KJ Osborne did a nice job last year. He had 700 yards receiving. He's like, you know, who, you know, no, no one's ever heard of him. Um, and a lot of them were on third down. So we, we have some, we have depth there. We have some depth at running back, um, you know, tight end situation. Irv Smith jr. Hasn't played in almost two years, um, you know, for, in, you know, because of injury. Um, so he'll be back hopefully on opening day. He's expected to be back. How's he going to fit in all this? I mean, it, it's going to be, they have so many weapons, right? It's just a matter of protecting, protecting Kirk and, and, and making sure that front, the front five 
uh, you know, are doing their job. So I want to move on to the defensive side of the ball. You were mentioning it a little bit earlier with that Donatel. Uh, this is the first time the Vikings have had a 3-4 defense, maybe a hybrid defense in a long time. Since I started watching football, they were always a 4-3. Right. I don't know when you played. Maybe they had that kind of thing. But um, so what well, do you How old do you think I am? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't played. I don't think they've played um, a 3-4 since. I think they did it one year. I think it was 1986. Oh, wow. Okay. So somebody, up here looked, somebody up here looked it up and <laughs> knows it. So, uh-huh. so it's even before Not- even before you were playing yeah, over there. It's wow, been a okay. long, it's been a long, long time. Oh well, yeah. With how well they to develop your, pass rushers. To your point, and yeah. I'm not that old. I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but he's a baby to you. I'll tell you that <laughs> he, he is an absolute baby to you. Believe it or not, he's 27 years old. He's he's a baby. Wow. Yeah. So my question is. The beard doesn't help. <laughs> it's true. Thank you. <laughs> so my question is, in terms of the transition of like certain players within that defense, you talked about Daniel yeah. Hunter earlier. Zedarius Smith is a guy that has been in a hybrid before with the Ravens. So probably a big reason they brought him in. What do you think about the fit with these players now transforming into it if they do have to play that kind of defense down the road? I, you know, and, I, and that's a great question because I had that especially especially with the guys up front um dalvin tomlinson came from the giants not the jets the giants mm-hmm. okay thank you um go you know and <laughs> and he's played in a four three his entire career um played a little zero nose on third down with the giants um and harrison phillips same way he was a four he's been a four three guy in buffalo the whole time um, but those guys did play in the preseason. So we got to see him doing a little bit of the, of the three, four bit. And they, I thought they did a very, very good job. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see, um, what goes on and, and the, and the good three, four teams have depth at the, at those, at those six guys in the interior, you know, and you got to have that. Um, and then the guys on the outside have to be able to set the edge and be game changers. And I think Daniil Hunter and Darius Smith. Um, you know, can be those guys. Now, Patrick Jones, young guy from Pitt, uh, from Pittsburgh, um, you know, he's going to get some snaps this year and he's going to have to step up and, 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 you know, do the same thing. So um, the other guys, DJ Wanham, he's had, I think he had eight sacks last year. So mm-hmm. I would expect DJ Wanham to be an outside linebacker uh, on third downs and then have Zadarius on a, as an interior pass rusher to kneel on the other side. And then who cares whoever else is out there, right? <laughs> I mean, you got three guys right there. They can get after it and be more physical. And I think that's, that's what Donatel's done. He wants these guys to have more of an attitude, more, you know, be physical, very, very tough up front uh, because that's what, in a, that's kind of what it comes down to this, this three, four, you know, a lot of teams are on a bear type of front. They can, you can kind of interchange it with a four, three, a little bit more easily. Um, cause it's not so much of a change in technique. So the Packers do that quite a bit. So for Zedarius, he's used to playing the outside linebacker spot. Um, you know, even when he was with green Bay, but you gotta have big, big guys that are big enough and physical enough and fast enough that tight ends can't block them. And, you know, I think we have two of those guys could be very tough to run on the outside. We'll see. I mean, you know, they the Packers have two two pretty good between Jones and Dylan. They've got two good running backs. Um, That's about it. You got, and you got to, well, I'm saying you got to be able to stop the run against Green yeah. Bay with two safeties up high because if you go single high safety, Rogers is going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, question is: Is are the Packers patient enough to continue to run the football? You got to keep Aaron off the field, right? You got to extend drives on offense and defense. You got to get as many three and outs as you can. The Packers are one of the best teams in the league. It's so hard to get them to three and out. It's it. They just move the chains, move the chains. 
if you just keep them from being explosive, that's a pretty good day. Mm. But in the, in the same time, you, they may get a seven, they, they can do seven minute drives of, right. you know, 80 yards or 60. It's just, it's very, very tough to get them third and long. You know, Rogers is smart. He's very, very efficient and they don't get a lot of negative, you know, negative or lost yardage plays in the running game. So yeah, you kind of just kind of bite your, you know, you say you're biting your nails, just going, just don't give up the big one. Don't give up the big one. And you know, last year at home, we, we finally go ahead and then they come back and first play 75 yard touchdown pass to Valdez Scantling. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you, that's another thing you can't do. So this is, it, like I said, it's, it, it's my head spins with when I start thinking about all the different games and all, uh, how this thing should play out and how will it play out. Vikings just have to execute. Our, our starters haven't, like I said, haven't played a ton. Last year, first game, we were in Cincinnati. We had 12, pen- 12 penalties on offense or total, and I think we had nine or nine of them in the first half. Mm-hmm. So if you go out and do that, you're not going to win no matter who you're playing, except maybe the Jets. You're not going to win. <laughs> go ahead. Against most teams. Um, go dump my team you know, in the garbage, please. I'm just having fun with I'm, you. I'm having fun with me, too. I, you, know, well, I, you, got, you, have, you even simping with – you got the, the, the hat and everything. That's right, man. I mean, it, it, it should be Jets and on the back, losers. That's what it should be. You know what, though? <laughs> with the whole fireman – was it the fireman Joe fireman, guy? Is that his name? Fireman Ed. Mm-hmm. Fireman Ed. That was one of the coolest things in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like the it's like when you go to Kansas City for the national anthem and you mm-hmm. hear them say home of the Chiefs instead of the home of the brave. You know, when you sing the national anthem, you can leave after that because that was like it's just to hear a stadium going nuts. And then everybody just sh- shuts up and you're looking around going, what is going on? And then you see them down in the corner <laughs> and, then you know, 80,000 people yeah. in unit. It, it's it was real. That was one of the. I'm glad I experienced it as an announcer, you know. He's still doing it. it. He's still doing it. He's still doing it? Oh, okay, he's still good. there. He's still there. I, oh, good. Well, with the whole Rex Ryan thing, after Rex, the last year Rex Ryan, he said that this team stinks so bad, I'm never I'm never going to a Jet game again. And then, what, a year later, he, he's back there doing the same thing he always does. <laughs> kind of so, like you. Ah, well, I, I don't go on the field screaming J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I go, I go on the field and say, J-E-T-S, lose, 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 because that's what happens. I mean, honestly, as a Jet fan, I just just hope that – first of all, I think Joe Douglas is a smart man. I really do, and I think he's he's definitely moving in the right direction with the way he has drafted. I I think the free agency has just really been bust for him, but we're not here talking about the Jets. We're here talking – uh, as as always, we are talking to former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst, Pete Bursick. Why don't we just get back into the Vikings before I throw sure. myself off a bridge? Right. Um, <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers, 673 yards, six touchdowns in two games playing against your team, the Vikings, last year. Yep. Uh, this is a man that loves to go to Minnesota and embarrass your Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you mm-hmm. got those. Have you seen? But what about the receiving yards? Yes. Who has he been throwing to? Well, Adams, of course. Right, and and I know he does. He throws Adams a lot. Mm-hmm. But but Devonte Adams had been, has been for us the Vikings a, such a thorn mm-hmm. in our side mm-hmm. that I mean he's he's been basically a Viking killer. Mm-hmm. And so how that looks, 
how that's going to play out, you know, and so much of what they did schematically off, you know, on offense was to, was designed around him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see how they fill that void. Um, you know, what, what are what you know? What is this offense going to look like without Devontae? I think they'll still still be good. I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to get the most out of those receivers that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sammy Watkins, you know, he's had up and he's had some, he's a five thousand yard career receiver. You mm-hmm. know, he's had some really really good seasons. Um, but yeah, it, it it's that 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 Rodgers to Adams combo has been a nightmare for us for the last you know, whatever, how many years it's been going. Um, so seeing him go out to L- the Las Vegas didn't hurt my feelings at all. Now, I, I will say this. Are you watching this football game? Because no. I have no idea what Buffalo is doing. They're up 31 to 10. There's, what, seven or six and a half minutes left. Why is Josh Allen still playing in the game? This is doom time for the Buffalo Bills because if this right. this guy likes to move inside and out of the pocket, if he gets hit the wrong way, and and he could break a leg, you know. He could tear. You his just got to bring Buddy Ryan back. He'll start punching a coach because you know he's still <laughs> doing running shoot. What and, they're doing? You know, it, it, you know the game's it, over. The game is well, over. There's no way the Rams are coming back in this game. But the, for some reason, they're still letting Josh Allen run the ball with seven minutes left. It doesn't make sense. It just I, I'm not a. I wasn't a professional football player like you, but I understand the. Uh, understanding of the way the game and the process, the way it's supposed to be moved. I don't, I don't disagree with you in this situation. Yeah. If you're it, up, you know, if you're up like that, then pull yeah. him out, take him out of the game. Yeah, Play you your backup. 16 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't need him running and, and getting hit even more than he does every single no. game. It doesn't make any sense. But mm-hmm. again, I, a lot of things don't make sense to me in the NFL. So there you go. Um, <laughs> So why don't we go into the NFC and and the NFC is very wide open besides the, I would say the Rams who are playing like crap tonight, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, the green Bay Packers, where a lot of people, including yours truly thinks that they still can win 11 games, even without Adams there because they have Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers, And I just think he makes everybody around them better. Who's the fourth team. Who's the fifth team that you believe can, can really take over in the NFC because it's not what it used to be. No, it's not. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm always interested to see what new Orleans ends up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they haven't been as consistent as they've been. Um, that's a damn good question because I, you know, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think through that. Um, I don't trust Trey Lance. You know, how, well, how's Arizona going to look yeah. this year? Right? I, I like Kyler Murray, you know, and, and my prediction, and my prediction is, I believe Kyler Murray is going to win the MVP this year. I, I do believe it. I, I, if he could stay healthy, he could stay on the field, and they protect him. I think Kyler Murray is going to win the MVP this year. I really think he's explosive. And what about? I'll take Flacco mm-hmm. for the MVP of the season, <laughs> and you take <laughs> Kyler Murray, but I get like a thousand to one odds. <laughs> <laughs> Flacco's only going to play two or three games unless Zach Wilson's out for the season. But what if what if it's the what if it's the three playoff games to get you to the to get you to the promised land? Oh. Unfortunately, that doesn't count for this, regular season Fo- MVP. Oh, is yeah. this Nick? Fo- is this Nick Foles too? <laughs> yeah, could be. Could be. I don't. You know, everyone's talking about the Eagles. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see if if they can if they can summon up some a good passing game. I think that they're going to be Philadelphia is a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. I mean. Oh my God, it's 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 a tough place to play, and so um, you know Dallas. Dallas is always just so such a question mark 
Um, <laughs> you know, just injuries seem to bite them all the time. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah, but that's a that's a pretty good that's a that's a good question. I, I don't uh, trust he, Trey Lance. Nobody should trust him. He's he's a young right. quarterback, and Jimmy Garoppolo right. got seven million dollars, and he's going to be a backup quarterback. And if yeah. you really look at the NFC East and and where it where it lies, I wouldn't be surprised if the Commanders come out in that division with Carlson Wentz. It, there's no guarantees. There's yeah, the Niners good. though. I mean, the Niners have such a good defensive Talent, yes. front. Talent, oh yeah. my God, they yeah. have their their defensive front. They're so physical. Um, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Niners are, the Niners are a good team. Seattle, I, you know, they're nothing's going to go on up there. For, <laughs> I think, a while, so the 12th man will be 12 fans. They have Geno well, Smith. He's the 12th man. <laughs> yeah. That's how he gets punched in the face. Yeah, it happens, man. It happens. Yeah. From this a linebacker on your team. People ask all the time, how does cousins make all that money? And I'm like, this is why. Mm. There just aren't a lot of good quarterbacks out there. I love Kirk and if, Cousins. And I stick up for him all the time. You know, you gotta have to pay for him. I mean, Cousins, you know, Cousins is good enough. Is he's more than good enough to win a Super Bowl with? The guy can make throws that very few people on the planet can make. The arm strength. You know, we played Carolina. I think it was two years ago. They scored um, their safety. He was a rookie at the time, but they Jeremy scored Chin, almost. Think, yeah. yeah, Jeremy. He Chin scored back almost almost back to back touchdowns. You score one touchdown on defense in the NFL, you win around 90% of the time. Hmm. They scored twice on defense. Same guy. One on, one on a fumble recovery, the other one on a, on a reception, interception, and then they decided to go three-man rush. And when you don't pressure Cousins, he's going to pick you apart. It's going to be like a seven-on-seven seven drill. Hmm. And, you know, the thing with Cousins is, is, is keeping them uncomfortable in the pocket, hitting them, and – Watch that completion percentage. You know, when his, his first year here, he was above 70. Second year, he went 69. Two years ago, it was 68. Last year, it was 67, mm. right? And if Cousins is knocking on that 70% completion rate door, oh, my goodness. I mean, he it, it good luck. He's going to, you know, because he'll put up the numbers. Trust me. He can, and he will. He's um, a special player. I, I've yeah, I, I've I mean, always people, loved I mean, him. I, you get the questions about is he that guy? Yeah. Is he the guy? He just doesn't have that 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 he does not have, um, you know, the Broadway Joe mentality, Mm-mm. right? I mean, you know, Broadway Joe, you, you all you do is look at him and you, you just wanted to play for the guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so it, it's it's going to be it, it's going to be incredible to see how to me how how they use him this year mm-hmm. and how he's going to do. So I, I mean I have, I'm waiting on bated breath. I'm pretty fired up about my team more so than I've been in a long time, because um, so much is new and there is a lot of talent. We just went through most of it, um, it you know. And defensively, we don't have a ton of depth at corner, but there aren't many teams in the NFL that do, right? And if the pass rush is as good as it can be, um, that makes those guys in the back end a hell of a lot better. So we'll see. At least you don't have Rick Spielman drafting first round corners every year <laughs> <laughs> anymore. So but that that's kind of that you know that the it's it's one of those things where if you look offensively and defensively, the further out on the edges you are, like a corner or let's say an offensive tackle, right? Mentally, your job is easy. Physically, it's damn near impossible. <laughs> but those are the guys that get paid all the money, right? The guys on the edges of the mm-hmm. offense and the defense. The mm-hmm. closer you get to the middle, nose tackles, centers, middle linebackers, those guys don't get paid hardly anything compared mm-hmm. to everybody else. Right. Yeah. Right. It's 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 those guys that are out in space and out on the edges. 
and corners, man, they get, you got to have them nowadays. I wouldn't want to play corner now. You can't, you can't really right. touch anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that is, you know, oof, that that's a tough job. That's a, that's a tough job. Wouldn't want to do it. Why don't you ask what, what's going on with Jalen Ramsey tonight? I, I mean, he's completely disappeared. This is, this is one of the top hey, three corners. If they in the score league. 40 points, as long as, as long as it was to the <laughs> other side, pro football focus will still have him ranked number one. That's unbelievable. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, yeah, it, it's, but the two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, um, you can have a damn good defensive backfield, but if you're not getting to the quarterback and that guy's got time to throw, forget about it. You, you got to have both. You really, you, you, you really need to have both. So, and the better the pass rush, like I said, the better the guys look in the back. End. Oh, I, I love that Josh Allen is doing this to him because if you remember what happened in the GQ magazine and what Ramsey said about Josh no. Allen a couple of years ago, <laughs> saying that he's a pretty boy and he's never going to amount to anything in the NFL. Look at what he's turned out to be. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, he's a top four quarterback right now in the NFL. It's not even a question. He might even be, he might be the number one guy. He might win the MVP this year, playing the way he's he playing could. tonight. Uh, there's a good chance he could win, and he's killing me in fantasy right now, Pete. I'm dying here, man. There you go. You can blame Jalen Ramsey. I'm dying here. I don't play fantasy because I only draft guys I like, and then they're (laughs) usually terrible, so it doesn't work out that way. You were just going to the mentality of just not drafting any Packers ever whatsoever. (laughs) Correct. It's funny, my my uncle Correct. actually has the opposite approach. He he's also <laughs> he's also a Jets fan too, like Errol. Like he'll draft the player to jinx them and hope they get hurt. <laughs> Please. So oh, so, so my question is uh, uh, a ceiling record for the Vikings and a floor. Like, what do you think it'll be somewhere in between for them? This oh my year? god, that's a tough. Qu- um, you know, I think I think a f- you know for and this is this is minus injury, of course. Um, but if they if they can't find a way to win nine games this year, I mean, I think that would be the low, and the high might be eleven, somewhere in there. I mean, I think that's that that's that's where I, I feel that they're going to they could do better than that. Um, but I think with the way the schedule for us plays out this year, uh, especially the second half of the season, um, you know, we have a a Sunday game, a Thanksgiving day game, and then another game and they're all at home. So it's like a tough, you know, November. Uh, it's good to have, you know, we don't have back-to-back road games this year. Um, so if you just win at home, right. And we have nine home games this year, um, you know, so you, oh, I'm sorry, nine and eight, excuse me, would be, would be the, uh, I think would be the bottom. I, I think there'll be a winning football team this year. Well, we really appreciate the hour of time that you gave us. Oh, my and, God. Time and, flies. Yeah, huh? it, it definitely. It, I got to go to bed. I'm well, like 70 years old, as you guys know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're not 70 years old. You're in good shape, man. And I, we yeah. really appreciate you joining us, as always. We're definitely going to get you on before they play the Jets. So we can oh, we can talk about how. It's going to be bitter. Yes. It's going to be bitter. Bitter, sweet for you, not bitter. for me. Anyways, uh, we really appreciate your time as always, and uh, All right, man. we no, love you. It. We really love you, and I enjoy it. Thanks for letting me just throw up on you for oh, an hour. Well, thank uh, you. Thank all right, you. Thurs- Thursday, December first. That would be that Thursday before that week. That's it. All right, to come back Fine. on. <laughs> Circle the calendar. Yeah, I'm circling it, man. It's gonna get ugly. And uh, maybe the Jets are actually a winning team, and it- it'll be a fun game to actually watch. But okay, how, your about, up. how about an AFC Championship game between? 
the only two teams that have two colors on their uniforms. Oh, yeah, what's that? The Jets and the Colts. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? Maybe when Peyton Manning and actually Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan was, Rex Ryan was coaching the team. That's about it. Yeah. We'll never yeah, see that when, again. Yeah, maybe when a monkey flies out of my butt. No. Well, if a monkey flies out of your butt, <laughs> I want a picture of it. Let me tell you. Maybe no, Jonathan no. Taylor will top his yard no, short no, last year against the Jets if that happens. <laughs> Snowball's chance in hell, boys. <laughs> Pete Bursick, monkey right, flying guys. out of his butt. Thank you. We'll see you guys later. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. He is right. fantastic. Great personality. Oh, yeah. Really good person, too. Yeah. Uh, and he likes making making fun of the Jets. That's what I love him. It felt like that, that whole thing just felt like it was like the six degrees of Severin Kevin Bacon. It's like, somehow we're always back to the Jets somehow. But, it, but we're here in New York, yeah. and uh, he, he brought up the Jets more than I did. I know he did. You know? That's, it, what, that's what made it work. It's like, okay. He is funny, man. He oh, is, yeah. He's a good personality. A really good person, too, man. And he gave us all that time, and, and he had a lot of fun with us. He always does. And... Uh, uh, definitely somebody, if, if you've never had him on your show, you definitely want Pete on your show. He, he not only uh, has the personality to be a radio guy, but he, he just has that persona that just makes him who he is. And, and this guy played in the NFL. He was a coach for the Vikings. Mike right. Tice. Mike Tice is from Long Island. He's from Central Iceland. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he actually worked for a Long Island native. I know Mike. Mike is actually, a, a, I know his kids. I know his family. So... Uh, Mike is he was a pretty good coach in the NFL and and a good uh you know coordinator when he when he was in the NFL. I remember well. when when we were interviewing Dan or Darren Bennett you mentioned yeah. how you have a good connection with Mike Tice. Yes, I do. His family. Good. Yeah. I've known my, the Tice family for a very very long time and uh he has good kids and he he's a good person. Mike Tice, he's a big man. He's a he's like a He's like a baby. It, it, I'm not saying he's a baby. He's like six foot seven. The guy is a big, huge man. And he's like a little teddy bear. He really is. It, it, <laughs> very, gentle very, giant. He is a gentle giant. He really is. But Except a, he's really, a Viking. <laughs> well, he's a good person, too. Mike, always been nice, uh, friendly. It didn't matter. And, and we'll get Mike on the show soon, too, because Mike is a good person. So. Um, definitely, a, a, and, and so is Pete. Pete's a really good yeah. person too. Really good person. That, thank Pete for joining us mm-hmm. a little bit later. But uh, yeah, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the Lamar Jackson, and we're going to go through the NFL season. We're going to go through our picks, our records, or where we think some of these teams are going to be, and then we're going to pick the MVP the Defensive Player of the Year, and all our predictions, because I think you guys are going to be very interested to see where we go with those picks here on the Sports Alive Mouse. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouse. Huh. 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 This is the Sports Loudmouths. We're here. We're back. 631-672-3108 is the number. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Two great guests tonight. Uh, Clay Ferraro, who's fantastic, great personality, and Pete Bursick, as always, a fan and a friend of the show. I'm a fan of his, too, by the way. I think he's a fan of us. I, oh, yeah. I really do. I think he has a lot of fun with us, and he, he, he's unique. He's a very unique analyst, and, and he's very open. He's very straightforward with you, as everybody knows. Uh, but uh, 
definitely uh, likes to take shots at the Jets. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So before not hold back there. Before we get into our picks and where we think uh, the NFL season is going to lie, um, quick with the Lamar Jackson story. Um, I do not believe Lamar Jackson is going to come to a sentiment. I don't. And by the way, the game is over. Buffalo, it's over. Buffalo wins the game. Uh, Josh Allen killed me in fantasy this week, so thank you to Josh Allen. I, I don't know how my team is going to win because he ju- she just had she, – she received almost 85 points with three players. Yeah. Okay? And that means Aaron Rodgers is going to have to give me at least 40 points for me to even have a chance this week. And one of my guys is going to have to score two touchdowns and give me at least 30, 35 points for me to win. So uh, the chances of me winning is slim for my first week. Uh, so hopefully I'm wrong, but it doesn't look That'd good. That'd be some comeback if that was the case. It doesn't look good for me. But anyways, thank you, Gina, by the way. Um, so, uh, I mean, the story with Lamar Jackson is a lot of people are, uh, I guess, skeptic, uh, or there's a lot of skepticism with um, – Lamar Jackson coming to agreement uh, with the Ravens tomorrow because tomorrow's the the cutoff day. Lamar has given them the cutoff day uh, to be Friday, and then he's not negotiating a deal until the end of the season. And I believe that if Lamar Jackson doesn't come to a deal by the season starts, uh, by the when the season starts, I believe Lamar Jackson will be on his way out of Baltimore. So, and I and we just heard from Clay. Uh, that uh, Miami definitely fits the uh, locations of where Lamar Jackson might want to go. So Miami fits the location and everything the Dolphins have stood for over the years. Yeah, if that's the case. And 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 Miami has the money, and they can give mm-hmm. them the money, and they can give them that extension. So and give them the gar- guaranteed money. So um, I do not believe they're going to come to an agreement tomorrow. So expect Lamar Jackson to go into free agency and see what the water brings him. And what I mean by water is Miami water. <laughs> um, Aaron Donald reportedly said, said uh, that the Rams, reti- he, they he sent the Rams a retirement letter uh, in May before getting a new contract. I believe this story to be true. I think that was his way of drawing them to give him a bigger contract. Uh, I, I do not believe Aaron Donald was going to retire. He's at the top of his game. He's 30 years old. He's still... He, he wants to break all the records. I, I believe this guy could go down as the best defensive player ever to play the game. And he's on that pace. He's been, he's been out of the nine years he's been in a league, he's been an eight all pro. He's been an eight year all pro player. If he, if he gets to, if, if he comes an all pro player again this year, he'll be, he, he'll tie the record with nine all pro appearances. And that means all he needs is one more year and he breaks that record. Yeah. Um, this man is going to, possibly break the record. And remember, he is not a defensive end. He is a tackle. This man could break the sack record in the next two or three years as a tackle. I mean, you know how hard that is? There's only a couple with 100 tackles all time. So I mean, he has like, time, yeah. I think he's got, I, I think he has a over 115 or something like that. I, I mean, and he's only 30 years old. He has been a dominant force in the NFL. He's been special. And I think he's the greatest defensive player I've ever seen um, at the top of his game. So, uh, very interesting. Um, I believe he'll still play for another three or four years. I think he breaks all the records. I think by the time he's done with his career, he'll have every single uh, 
defensive, uh, you know, front seven type of player record. I, I think he's that good. He has 98 sacks oh, 98 in eight, sacks. Years eight years in the NFL. The lowest sack total he's ever had in a season was eight. That was 2016. He had only one I think other... he had two tonight. <laughs> yeah, he was looking pretty good in the first half. He kind of died off in the second half. And uh, the, the only other year he had single-digit sacks was his rookie year in the league. And I still think in 2018, having 20 I thought half, he had more than that, by the way. 20, 20 and a half sacks is still the single best defensive season that I can remember watching in my time watching football being that he was mostly a 3-4 end that entire season. And him getting 20 and a half sacks, 25 tackles for loss also led the league, too. That is insanity. Well, he's an insane player. I think he's a special player. And he's going to go down as one of the top three, top four defensive players ever to play the game. Okay? Defensive players. That's that's counting corners, safeties, linebackers. I, I mean, he could go down as the best. If he continues this pace, and he's only 30 years old, he's got a lot of time left. If he wants to play another four years, he can. If he wants to play five, if he plays five years of football, I don't know if he breaks Bruce Smith's sack record, Mm -hmm. but he'll have 150 sacks easy at the position that he plays. He's not an end, by the way. He's not considered an end. He's considered a tackle. So a defensive tackle, a nose tackle, they shift him all over. We've seen him play linebacker. I mean, that's... That's the talented player that he is. You can he can transition in so many different positions, except the corner position or the right. safety position. Yeah, but he can play any position. He is a fantastic player, one of the greatest players I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I the, can tell you that he's the only one I've seen of modern defensive defensive tackles that we've seen play four three and three four defensive tackle and end. And then, like you were saying, sometimes in a, in the three four defense with Wade Phillips there, he sometimes did come in as a stand up linebacker. Sometimes a, a rush the passer on the outside. So, all right, Speedy, why don't we get the music on? Alrighty. Let's go through our NFL picks. Uh, we'll give you our predictions of where we think their records are going to be and where they lie in their divisions. Are you ready, Speedy? Yep. All right, let's go AFC West. All right, so AFC West, do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, top to bottom. All right, so are you ready to, for me to shock you? Mm. I actually am picking the Chargers to win the division. Mm. As With all my Chargers hate, they're talent, too talented, and the one thing they have that the other three teams don't have is stability year to year. All these other teams either have new coaches, staffs, or new assistants, or in the Chiefs' case, a brand new defense and no Tyree Kill. So the Chargers have the most carryover stability. The only thing they really got to improve conceptually is their run defense, but I have them as 12-5 and five, winning the division. The Chiefs I have at 11-6. and six. They're one of my wild card teams. I think they'll start slow, kind of like they did last year, with especially with their defense getting it going. I think they'll get it going later in the season. Pat Patrick Mahomes, I know people are worrying about no Tyreek Hill. I think he'll find his groove later in the season, too. They just got to get some chemistry. I like Sky Moore a lot. And I think the running game will get going late in the season like it usually does, too. And then the Broncos and Raiders, I have them both just outside the playoffs at 8 and 9. I don't trust either of those coaching staffs. The Broncos, Russell Wilson will win some games. He's very good in the clutch that they should steal, but it's a very tough schedule. They got to play the NFC West this year. And their defense, I think, takes a step back, too, without Vic Fangio there, too, because they're not... Outside of their secondary, they're not overly talented in every other place like they used to be. And they lost a lot of defensive pieces, and that ends up hurting them. I think that'll take, cause them to take a step. The Raiders lost a lot of the pieces in their secondary as well defensively. Their front four is still very good. But a whole new coaching staff now with Josh McDaniels, who I really don't trust either. And that offensive line is still questionable too. So I have them both 8-9 and, and just missing the playoffs in the AFC West. 
AFC West, I agree with you. I think the Chargers win this division. I don't think it's even close. I think they're the most talented team in the division. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to be an MVP candidate. He's going to really stand out as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. As you remember, Joe Burrow last year taking his team all the way to the Super Bowl. This could be the year that Justin Herbert, one of the young, talented quarterbacks, take this team to the promised land. But... There's a lot of things that really have to stand out. Uh, Khalil Mack, a very big pickup in the offseason, the trade that they made. Him and Joey Bosa on two different sides of the field. I mean, you have arguably two of the best rushers in all of football. J.C. Jackson, the corner with Derwin James, two very talented uh, secondary type of players who can really take over a game. Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. This is going to be a high-flying offense. They're going to be able to make plays in the open field. They're going to do a lot of things right. I think they win 12 games, uh, maybe even 13. I, they're just so fun. They're going to be so fun to watch. I don't know about this coaching staff. I don't know if this coaching staff is going to be able to hold this team together if they lose one or two games in a row. But I, I don't know if they can. I, I just think if they stay healthy, they're too talented and they have so much depth. I, I really like the Chargers to win 12 games in this um, division. My second place team, uh, wildcard team. I know a lot of people will look at the Broncos and the Vegas uh, Raiders. They have a lot of talent, but I, I, agree, I would agree with you, Speedy. You can't count out Patrick Mahomes, okay? Patrick Mahomes, uh, he is a, a quarterback that can take over a game and do a lot of things in the open field that a lot of quarterbacks can't do. He moves very well out of the pocket. He can do a lot of things with the football. Um, Their running backs, I, I don't like Hilaire. I, I think we're going to see... Pacho, or whatever, Pacheco. Pacheco be the, the number one guy as the season progressively moves forward. Andy Reid really likes him. That's why he drafted him. Um, the question is, what are they going to do as their number one wide receiver? Juju Smith-Schuster comes to this team. I think he's going to give them a different uh, slot type of wide receiver. I don't think they're going to use him on the outside. I think they're going to move him into the slot. I, I, I like Sky Moore. I really do. I think Sky Moore could be that guy. And Travis Kelsey is going to have a great year. I expect them to have 1,100, 1,200 yards, the best tight end in football, um, besides, uh, you know, maybe one or two other tight ends that we talk about all the time. But I, I really like the, the Chiefs to win 10 games. I think 10 games gets them into the playoffs as a second-place team. Um, my third-place team will be the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders have a lot of weapons. I think Jacobs is going to want a big contract extension. I don't know if they're going to give it to him in the offseason. I think he's going to be one of the better free agents that are going to be available unless they franchise him. I doubt they will. Um, Adams is going to have a great year. The question is how good of a year with Derek Carr. He is not Aaron Rodgers. Now, Derek Carr I like. I, I think Renfro is going to be a big piece. Waller needs to stay healthy. This defense, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they're going to be in. Let's see what Josh McDaniels does as a, a new head coach. A coach. The last time we saw him as a head coach, he failed with the Broncos, the same team that is going to be fighting for probably the third place in the division. Um, I like the Raiders. I think the Raiders win nine games. That's why I think they are, they're going to be. And the Broncos. I think I like Hackett, but I, I don't like their, their coaching staff defensively. Their defense is going to be very good and very young. I, I, I think that... Early in the season, we're going to see this defense to be one of the powerhouse defenses in the league. I think they're going to get tired because they're going to depend a lot on the defense to keep them in games. I don't know what this offense is going to be. I think Russell Wilson will make his plays. We don't know what Jerry Judy is. We don't know what these guys are with Russell Wilson on the field. We know they can run the ball. We know what Williams could do. But could he do it in an offense like Hackett? 
Hackett likes to throw the ball. You saw what he did with Aaron Rodgers. We have to see if Russell Wilson is anywhere close to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if they're going to be in their first year. I think it's a, a trial year for them. I give uh, the Broncos eight wins at most. So there it is. I, I think the Chargers win the division with 12 wins. Um, the Chiefs win 10 or 11 games. I would say 10. And then the Raiders and the Broncos, nine and eight wins. So that's where I think the AFC East. AFC South, Speedy. All right, so I have a tie at the top. I think the bo- both the Colts and the Titans both win 10 games. I gave the Colts the tiebreaker on the me- on method of conference record because I think they have a little bit easier when it comes to the AFC East and AFC North games to be able to manage. And the Colts, I think they're a good, they're a good offense for sure. Their offensive line is still strong. Matt Ryan, I think, will bring a little more efficiency. I don't know about the downfield threat like Carson Wentz is because Carson Wentz still has a big arm, but he'll definitely bring some more consistency and efficiency. The defense might take a, a little bit of a step back, Losing Eberflus, he was a very good defensive coordinator for a while. But talent-wise, they got better defensively. They traded for Yannick Nagakwe this offseason. They got Stephon Gilmore. I think that'll help out their secondary. And I think they're going to be still a good defense. And offensively, they should be very strong. Tennessee, like our guest uh, John Glennon was mentioning, still has a very good defense up front. David Long, I do like. I do like Bob Dupree. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast. And offensively, I don't think it'll be as bad as people think. It's still not going to be great with those receivers. But I, I like Traylon Burks. He, I think he's very talented. I think he'll start a little slow and then get it going later. I think the Titans will look a lot like 2019. They're going to start a bit slow and then get it going late in the season. And they're going to be very pesky because they were a great team at overcoming injuries last year. And also they beat a lot of good teams. They beat the Rams. They beat the 49ers uh, and the Chiefs in the regular season. So I, they're still going to be a pesky, well-coached team. So I still like them at 10-7. and 7. Jacksonville, I have at 5-12. and 12. They're going to be third place. They're not going to be anywhere worse than where they were last year, but I still do not trust that defense. They lack a lot of things. I like Josh Allen as a pass rusher, but their secondary is very questionable to me, and they lost a lot of linebacking talent, too. So offensively, they look better. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he'll do well. Travis Etienne's good, but... A lot of question marks beyond that. And then the Texans, uh, I don't need to explain much with them. They're rebuilding. 3-14, and 14, I have them at. I have the Colts winning the division. I, I think when you look at the Colts, Matt Ryan was an upgrade. Even though I like Carlson Wentz, I think he's an upgrade with, as a veteran quarterback. He will open up the field for some of the young wide receivers that they have over there. Pittman's going to have a fantastic year. I think he's going to have 11, 1,200 yards. He's going to have a close to 10 touchdowns. With a quarterback like Matt Ryan, he likes to get the ball to his best players. I think he's going to be fun to watch. Alec Pierce. This, is good. this could be a year where I think he's going to transition as a slot, cor- uh, slot wide receiver on this team. There's a lot of things to look forward to this team. Uh, I, it, this is very, very interesting. Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if he has the season he had last year, but I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to run the ball very, very well. Uh, I don't know if he's the best running back, even though in fantasy he, a lot of people believe he is. But I think this de- this team is covered with great defensive players. Leonard, I think, is one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in the league. Uh, I mean, Stephen Gilmore. This is this is a good this is a good defense, and 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 they have a good running game with uh, Hines and 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 obviously Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor. So I, I love what I see with Indianapolis. I, I want to see what this team is going to do. Uh, this could be the last year. For right, if, if Frank Bright can't get this team into the playoffs and get deep into the playoffs, this could be the end of Frank Bright's uh, you know reign as the head coach of the team. But I like them. I think they win 11 games this year. Um, the Titans, my second-place team, of course. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a fantastic year because they have no wide receivers. They're going to run the ball a lot. I know a lot of teams are going to stack the box. He's very hard to stop, and I don't think anybody's going to stop him. Um, Traylon Burks, he has to stay on the field with his concussions, his asthma problem that he has. And the headache problems that he has, 
Stop bitching and moaning. Get out there and play the game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill needs to stop worrying about uh, who's backing him up and just get out on the field and do the things that he does. I, I, I love Robert Woods. I think he was a good pickup. I think he has a decent season. Six touchdowns, 900 yards. Um, I, I wonder what this team is going to be offensively as a whole when it comes to the wide receiving core. But all in all, I think they're going to be able to score points because they have one of the best running backs in all of football that are going to be a ground and pound. The defense is stocked. This is a stacked defense. This is a good front seven. I, I like what I see. Uh, the secondary is questionable. I want to see what the secondary does this year in a full season and actually stays healthy. So I, I like I, I like Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins about 10 games. Uh, borderline playoff team. Uh, with the AFC as strong as they, uh, it is, that might not be enough to make the playoffs. So I like Tennessee. 10 wins, 10-7. Uh, and seven. Um, uh, bah, 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 bah. The Texans. No, no. I, I would say the Jaguars, the third-place team. I think the Jaguars win six to seven games this year. I really do. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to explode right in front of our eyes. I think he's going to be one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I think he's going to show himself. I, I mean, Christian Kirk is going to have a good season. I think he's going to be his number one target. I think they're going to be able to run the ball this year. Etienne is coming back. Uh, he's finally going to have a season. He, we all know that Trevor Lawrence and Etienne played on the same team in Clemson and were roommates. These guys were explosive in Clemson. I think they're going to be explosive in the NFL. Expect them to be fun to watch. I, I like this team. I think they win six or seven games. It's definitely an upgrade from what they were last year. So uh, I would say six or seven win team. And then my final team is the Texans. I don't know what to say about them. I mean, I expect them to win three or four games. I do. I, I don't see them to be bad, um, as bad as everybody thinks they're going to be. I think they're going to come out with wins that you wouldn't expect them. But this is a rebuilding team. I don't expect more than three or four wins. So um, I have the Colts winning the division, 11 wins, Titans with 10, um, Jaguars with six or seven, and then the Texas, I mean, the Houston Texans with three or four. So that's where I have the AFC South. Uh, AFC North, Speedy. So this division, I have every team separated by one game in this division. I have the Ravens first. I have them 11 and six, winning the division, just edging out the Bengals. I think them healthy. I think they have the best secondary in football when they are while are healthy. Now they added Kyle Fuller to go along with that as well. They drafted Kyle Hamilton, who I think will start off a little slow because he's had some issues with injuries in training camp. But he, once he gets it going, will be very good. Signed Marcus Williams. Uh, the only thing that's really concerning about their defense has been their edge rushers because they have a lot of young guys. But Jason Owe did play very well in the first half of the season last year, and I think he'll blossom. Offensively, yes, they're still about the same where they get tight ends, running backs, but still question with the receivers. But I, Rashad Bateman should be healthier. He only played five games last year, and offensive line injuries is the biggest thing they're getting back, in my opinion, in addition to the running backs, too. So I know Lamar Jackson, people are questioning if he's playing distracted or not. I think he'll be okay. So Ravens 11-6, and six, then the Bengals 10-7. and seven. I have them as a wild card team not far behind. Yes, they did improve their offensive line a lot, but, again, I don't think they're going to be – I guess played down to like they were at a certain point last year. They also lost a lot of pieces in the offseason. Yeah, they did. And I think they're not going to be played down to the same way they were last year because nobody had any expectations. So I think, like Pete was saying, teams like the Vikings uh, played down to them at the beginning of the season, the Ravens. I don't think you're going to get that. But I still think they're strong. They improved their offensive line a lot. They still have a very complete offense. Defensively, there's a lot of question marks in the secondary still, but they're still a strong team, 10-7. and seven. Steelers, I have at 9-8. and eight. They're my first team out of the playoffs. I think Brian Flores is going to do a lot with that defense and really make it a force to be reckoned with, especially in that front seven. Their secondary still has a little bit of question marks, but I think Brian Flores will aid that. Look what he did with Miami. I think he did a very good job. Offensively, he's going to be kind of up and down for the Steelers. Who's going to be quarterback and also... 
offensive line too is still a kind of a question mark. So I think they'll be a tough, well-coached team. That'll be tough to beat at home, but not in the playoffs. And the Browns, I have at last place, eight and nine. I think they'll hang tough for certain stretches without Deshaun Watson with their defense and their running game, but they can only do so much without him, and that's where it's going to hurt them, especially with a tough schedule. All right, the Beave has the Chargers, Chiefs, Oakland, and Denver. That's his order. Uh, the Chargers to win the division. Uh, the Beef has uh, the Titans winning the division, Indianapolis uh, second, Jaguars third, Houston fourth, and uh, the Beef has the Bengals winning the division, the Ravens second, the Browns, and the Steelers. Okay, so I, I believe the Ravens are the best team. If healthy, they're the best team in this division. They have the most depth. Lamar Jackson, I believe, is going to have an MVP season. I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but he's going to be up there. I think he's going to go out there and try to prove to everybody why his, what his worth is, and then he's going to be on his way out to Miami. That's where I think he's going to go. Uh, J.K. Dobbins coming back. I think he's going to be explosive when he gets his feet wet. I think he's going to be explosive again this year. I think he's the best running back on that team. Uh, Rashad Bateman, he missed the whole season, his rookie season. I think he's going to play a big part offensively with this team. He's going to be used a lot by Lamar Jackson, uh, being that he is the best wide receiver they have on this roster. But this is a run first team, run second, then throw third type of team. I think Rashad Bateman could have a 1,000-yard season this year. Uh, I, I watched him in college. I think he's explosive. I think a little undersized. I want to see what he could do in an NFL football game. I, Kyle Hamilton did not look good, ladies and gentlemen. He did not look good in the preseason. But I think he's a lot better than he showed on the field. This defense, if healthy, is one of the best defenses in football, if not the best defense in football. I expect him to show up this year. They have the best kicker in football. Um, this, is, this is a fun team to watch. I think they're going to be fun to watch. They're not going to win. I think they won eight games last year. Yeah. This team is going to win 12 12 games this year. Um, the first game of the season might be a hard one because you're coming into a season where you're playing against your, your ex-quarterback, and I, I think there, there could be a surprise. I mean, the Jets could surprise the world and knock them off in MetLife Stadium. Nevertheless, I don't think they will, but uh, it, it will be a close game in the first game. I think eventually Lamar Jackson will pull away in this division and show, them, show everybody why he is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. I have uh, the Ravens winning the division with 12 wins. Then I have the Bengals. I think they're a wild card team. Joe Burrow, they have an offensive line. Jamar Chase and uh, Jesse Bates, one of the best safeties in the league. He, he, he's going to uh, – he, did he get his extension? No. No, but I, I think he will get an extension as the season progressively, especially if he plays well. Um, T. Higgins is going to have even another – he's going to have a better year than he did last year. That's crazy to say when he had over 1,000 yards. I think he has 1,200 yards. This is the best wide receiving combination in the NFL, especially with Boyd there too. I think Boyd has 900 yards. This is fun. This is a fun team to watch. Offensive line, the Collins uh, acquisition, uh, the the acquisitions that they made in the offseason, uh, offensive line-wise, and this is a great defense. This is a defense that can get out here and put pressure. McPherson, one of the best kickers in football as well. The two best kicker, kickers in all of football in the same division, one and two. Give me the Bengals with 10 wins, a wild-card team. Um, I have the Browns as my third-place team. Because Deshaun Watson will be back in week, I think it's week 12, right? Yep, week 12 against the Texans. The Texans. <laughs> I think it's going to be very interested to see what their record is going to be with Jacoby Brissett. I think they can win four or five games with Jacoby Brissett. If they win four or five games, they could sneak into the playoffs, possibly uh, with Deshaun Watson coming back. If they if they win four or five games with Deshaun Watson um, at the helm, maybe they squeak into the playoffs with nine wins. 
I think that this team is much better than people think they're going to be. I think they could get at you with the defense. They have a very good defense, very underrated, and they have a great running game with Hunt, which is still there, and Chubb. They're going to be explosive running the ball. Amari Cooper is going to have to show show who he is as the number one guy, as the number two guy, and possibly as the number three guy because there is no number two and number three over there. And with Jacoby Brissett, he's going to definitely expect him to do things on the field that he didn't do in uh, Dallas. And they, they have two really good uh, tight ends. The question is, are they going to stay healthy? That's going to be the question. It's always the question for the Browns. So give me the Browns. They win nine this year, maybe squeak into the playoffs. As the final wild card team, I don't know. And then there's the Steelers. I don't know who their quarterback is. Is it Mitchell Trubisky? Is it Kenny Pickens? Is, who is it? Okay, we don't know who it is. We know that they're going to be able to run the ball. They have Harris. I think he's going to have an explosive year. He might be one of the best running backs in the league when it comes to his numbers. I think he's going to be very fun to watch. Uh, their defense, explosive. I, I think they added Jack in the offseason, Mile Jack. This is going to be a fun defense. They added coaches that I think know what they're doing. This is going to be one of the top three defenses in all of football. But is that going to be enough? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be able to score. And that's going to be a big problem, especially in the division that they are in. So give me the Pittsburgh Steelers with eight wins. So I have Ravens one, Bengals two, Browns three, Pittsburgh four. Uh, AFC East, Petey. So, naturally, the Bills will win the division. I have them at 13-4. and four. They were the best defense in football last year and their best yardage defense by almost over 600 yards. And look at what they did tonight, even without Tredavious White, putting on a clinic with the Rams. That has to be, even be more encouraging. I, I know the Von Miller contract was definitely lengthy. I think it was too many years, but he definitely provides a number one pass rusher to help out the young players, Greg Rousseau. He had one and a half sacks tonight. Yeah, Greg Rousseau, Ep- Epinesa, and Basham. Like, they're, all, they're all good players, but are the number one type pass rushers? Now they have that guy along with Von Miller. Offensively, they're loaded. They have three different running backs they could go to. Now, again, they have to be more consistent. Singletary's talented. I, James Cook, Dalvin Cook's younger brother they brought in. And that offensive line is still very good. They they lost John Feliciano to the Giants, but that's really it. And then Josh Allen is Josh Allen, and they're going to do their thing. So I have the Bills 13-4, uh, and four, number one seed in the AFC. Uh, Patriots, I have 9-8. and eight. They're my second team in the... They're my second team out in the playoffs, but... I think their offense is a lot very concerning to me, and especially with the offensive play callers they have now with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. That whole combo is going to be a lot. Their offensive line got worse this offseason as well, where I think it could be a little bit concerning. I, the defense will keep them in it. I think, yeah, I know they lost some pieces in their secondary, but I think they'll find their way later in the season. It'll be like last year. They start a little slow, and then I think they get going later, but this time they miss the playoffs. Um, and then I have the Dolphins and the Jets tied at 7-10. and 10. Miami, I, I like their offensive personnel. I don't like their offensive line still, and I still think it could take a little while to get going. Mike McDaniel, a new system all at once, a very complicated system that I don't think will be able to be done overnight. And the biggest thing for Miami, that defense is going to take a big step back, I think, without Brian Flores there, because they don't have a lot of raw talent on there, especially up front. So I think they're, they're going to be 7-10, and 10, and then the Jets 7-10 and 10 as well. They're going to be in, in some games. I think it'll, you'll see them a lot in a lot of close games, kind of like the Lions last year. I think you're going to see a competitive product because they have depth on the defensive side of the ball. They still got to work on stopping the run, though. And their injury-prone players, I'm concerned with the Jets on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, Zach Wilson, when will he come back? Joe Flacco, how well will he play? But we know about those skill players. They are very talented. So definitely an improvement from last year. 7-10 and 10 for the Jets. I, um, it's interesting. I, I, everybody knows that I believe the Bills are going to win the division. I, I think they're one of the best teams in all of football. Josh Allen is a star. They win 12 games. I, I, I don't think there's anything bad to say about this team. They have the special teams. They have... 
the quarterback. They have the. I don't know if they have the running game. That's Singletary. I don't know if he's the answer. Uh, as the season progressively moves forward, I want to see what they could do uh, when when teams figure them out offensively with their wide receivers. And you have good corners, like with the Jets, when they have the abundant the abundance of uh, defensive backs that can take out Diggs and take out um, Gabe. If they can do, if they can run the ball against the Jets, that's going to be the question. I want to see what they can do running the ball. But this is too good of a team. They they have a great defense. Von Miller showed you what he could do tonight uh, in the open field. I, I think this defense is going to be explosive. This is one of the better defenses in the NFL, a top three defense. Um, and and I, again, I like Josh Allen. So give me the Bills winning the division, win twelve games. Um, this is interesting with the Pats, the Dolphins, and the Jets. I don't know where this is going to lie, but I don't know if the Pats are as good as people think they are. You picked the Pats, the Pats to be the second place. Nine team. and eight, yeah. I don't think they are. Okay. I, I don't think they are. I think the Dolphins are going to be the second best play, best team in this division. Not because of Tua. I think the weapons that they have. I don't like their offensive line, but they're they're a fast team. If they stay healthy, Chase Edmonds is going to be able to run the ball. They have a lot of depth offensively uh, on the off- offensive side of the ball, and their their defense is not bad. Now they are going to take some steps back. They don't have Van Noy there this year. He, I mean, well, Van Noy wasn't there last year. He was with the Patriots, but um, their defense was better last year than I expected them to be. I still think that this is a decent defense. I like the Dolphins in this division to to, win, to be the second-place team. I think they win nine games, and I think nine games will uh, help them in second place. I don't think they make the playoffs with nine wins, um, but that's what I think. Um, I like the Pats as my um, as my third-place team in the division. I don't know what the Pats are, and maybe the Jets have the – a better record than the Pats as the season progressively moves. I want to see what Zach Wilson is. Maybe the Jets surprise everybody, and they're the second-place team. I think they have the most, besides the Bills, I think the Jets have the most talent in this division. But I don't know what the quarterback is. And if you don't know who your quarterback is, you can't really predict on what this team is going to do and what this team is going to be. And that's the thing. And, and, and you know, it's so funny. Carl says, how could you say that the Jets have talent? I think the Jets' offensive line, when healthy, is, is the best offensive line in this division. It's not even an argument. Their front seven, with, with now with Alexander, C.J. Mosley, Quentin Williams, Carl Lawson, this is and, and, and Rankins, this is a good front seven. And the secondary is the best, I think, the best in the division. And without a doubt, the best secondary in the division. So you ask me, why do I think, and, and the two running backs that they have, as far as duels, and I'm not talking about the three-headed monster that the Patriots have, Who's better than Brees Hall? And we have to see what Brees does this year as the season moves forward. But a lot of people think he's going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who knows? But he could be. Brees Hall and Michael Carter Jr. Who's better than those two guys if they're explosive the way they are? And the Jets have good young wide receivers. And obviously Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. They have Conklin. They're a much better offense than anybody thinks that they are. I just don't know what this Jets team is going to be in a full season with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is going to have to show up on the field. If he does, maybe they're the second-best team. Maybe they win nine games, eight games. I don't think they will. Um, I say the Patriots win eight games. The Jets win seven. So that's where I think uh, the division is. The Bills, 12. Dolphins, nine. Patriots, eight. Jets, seven. So you have, uh, for the, just for the playoff teams I'm talking about, you have the Bills, Ravens, Colts, Chargers. What do you have, Chiefs, Bengals, Titans then in that case? Yes. Okay. I have uh, – I have. I, 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 now, listen, the Chargers, Chiefs, and the Oakland Raiders could make the playoffs. Okay. They could. 
So I, I don't know. I, I'm not. Oh, I'll that's right. You. you did say nine and eight. Yeah, you did yeah. say nine and eight for the Raiders. Too. Yeah. Right, so right, the Raiders right. could make the playoffs. Okay. All right. So uh, and uh, NFC West, we're going to now. Um, let's go. NFC East. All right, NFC East. East. Uh, Eagles obviously win the division. I have them at 12 and 5. I have them as the NFC regular season two seed. They don't have a lot of weaknesses on this team. They have a very improved offensive line. They keep drafting very well on their offensive line. Uh, Landon Dickerson has looked good. The the kid they drafted from Nebraska has looked good so far on that offensive line. And A.J. Brown, obviously the big trade. Now Briggs is a big-bodied receiver to go along with their small. And like I was saying with the Jets many times, they finally have a different identity within that offense because it was all small, shifty guys for a while. Now they have A.J. Brown to help out that out. Dallas Goddard at tight end, I think now staying healthier for a full season. And this defense... They were iffy at rushing the passer last year, but they never are this bad rushing the passer consistently. So I think they're going to get bounced back in that area. And that secondary is still very good. And linebacker, Kaiser White, they trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They really filled their hole in the middle. So Eagles 12-5, and five, they win the division. Uh, Dallas, I have second, 8-9. and nine. They're one of my first teams out of the playoffs in the NFC. Yes, they have stars, no doubt about that, but they also have a lot of holes on that defensive side of the ball. I worry about their secondary. I worry about their interior defensive line. They struggled against the run in certain games last year, and I don't think they have the same like flashy stats that you saw. Russell Baxter mentioned it, too. They had a lot of defensive touchdowns, which made their defense look a lot better, too. Those kind of things can be fluky. I think they regress defensively. Offensively, too. I mean, their offensive line has a lot of question marks on it right now. They're trying to aid it with a 40-year-old Jason Peters on the offensive line with Tyler Smith and Tyler Biodas and all those guys. Dalton Schultz, can he do it a second straight year at tight end? Because he's going to have to because they lack the receiving depth, too. So the Cowboys will be their usual kind of competitive but then they falter in big games down the stretch eight and nine commanders i have in third place at seven and ten i like the talent of them but they like i was saying with the jets and a couple other teams they just have a lot of players that are really injury prone they already have chase young out for a month on the defensive side of the ball they've have had a couple injuries in their secondary i also worry about the middle of the field on that defense their linebacker and safety talent is not great and their offensive line is very questionable, too, with a lot of rookies not being able to develop, and they lost Brandon Scherf this offseason, too. Carson Wentz, will he stay healthy? That field has never been good for people to stay healthy either, so that's a lot of question marks. So I have them at 7-10 and 10 in third place, and then my New York Giants in last at 6-11. and 11. I think they're going to be a lot like the Lions last year. They're going to play close. Brian Dable really gets his players up the battle, but they still have a lot of deficiencies on this roster. They had a lot of trouble stopping the run, and their secondary looked really bad in the preseason. That does not bode well for playing against the Eagles and a lot of the NFC North teams in that, with that schedule. Daniel Jones, I give him a chance, but this is a make-or-break year for him. And the interior offensive line being as bad as it is, no true center, not going to help out either for the Giants. Defense, will they stay healthy? They're already not off to a good start with that either. I like Dexter Lawrence. Hopefully they sign him. And But the edge rushers, big question mark. If you don't have edge rushers, very tough to win. So 6-11 and 11 for the Giants. This is such an open division. It really is. And anything could happen this year in the division. I do think the Eagles have the most talent. The question is, is who is Jalen Hurts? Is he the future of this team as far as the quarterback position is? I think this is a good defense. They have a very good defense. They added Jordan Davis. I think he's going to be a fun player to watch. I think he could turn out to be, you know, Aaron Donald-like. I think that's how good he could be. Big man who can get at you and he can push around and throw around offensive linemen. So I like their defense. The questions over here is their throwing game. A.J. Brown, the addition of A.J. Brown definitely gives you a, a, a deep threat, a guy that can go out there and get the ball. Uh, Smith, his second year. Uh, Smith showed you what he could do and how explosive he could be, especially in the second half of the season. He, he, he didn't even play the last two games of the season because right. he was trying to stay healthy uh, for the playoffs. So 
I think Smith is going to be even more explosive this year. I think he is going to have 11, 1,200 yards this year, be one of the more underrated wide receivers in all of football. Um, their running game, they have a three-headed monster. I think they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be able to get at you in every kind of way offensively, and they have a very good kicker too. So uh, I think their special teams is, is very uh, very good as well. So um, I like the Eagles. I think they win 12 games this year. I, I that division, I think they can win every single game in that division. I, I don't know sure. how good the Eagles, I, I, how, how good the Giants are, how good the Cowboys are, and the Commanders. My second place team, you know, it's so funny. Everybody thinks the Cowboys. I think it's the Commanders. I do. I, I think the Commanders are a better team. They have more talent defensively. I think they can get at you in so many different ways def- defensively. I, I don't know if they're going to stay healthy. Now, a lot of people would take the Cowboys. I'm throwing a curveball. I think it's going to be the Commanders. I think they can win nine or ten games this year. I really do. Carson Wentz is a, a weapon that they have over there that they haven't had for years, and that's a quarterback, a guy that can go out there and make the throws and make the plays. Um, they have McLaurin. If he can stay healthy this year, he can have ten touchdowns. He can give you 1,100 yards. I, I, they have some depth when it comes to wide receiving now. They drafted uh, the kid from Penn State. Dotson. Yeah. Dotson. I think he's going to give you some, you know, a slot thrust, a threat. Could also go out there and get you the ball. And they have a great running game. I like Gibson. I like what they could do on the running running game. And their defense, like I said, is high-flying. This could be one of the more uh, talented defenses in the NFL. I think they're a top-10 defense. I like them. I think they win or 9 or 10 games. Then the Cowboys, I would say a third-place team. Borderline uh, 9 and 10 type of win season. I don't know what this is. Uh, this team is offensively. They have one wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb. That's it. They have no depth. When it comes to wide receivers, their tight ends. Who's their tight ends? I mean, Schultz, yeah. I, I mean, who's their tight end? They have nothing there. They have a good running game, but not a great running game. Ezekiel Elliott. He's going. This could be his last year as a uh, as a Dallas Cowboy. Pollard. Uh, let's see what he could do in the second half. Because last year in the second half he completely fell off. Where did he go? And Dak Prescott, is he going to show up in games and make the plays when he needs to? Not at the end of the games when he doesn't need to. <laughs> and the defense, is Micah Parsons going to have the year that he had last year? Is this defense going to be as good? And this offensive line, horrible. Horrible. Adding adding Peters. Uh, what, are they, what are they trying to sell to any of the Cowboy fans? That a 40-year-old guy is going to go on the field and actually uh, be the player that he was with the Eagles? I doubt it. I think they're going to have problems on the offensive line. I think Dak Prescott's going to be running for dear life. I think the Cowboys win nine or ten games. And the Giants, I think they win eight games. I do. Uh, it's not going to get them into the playoffs, but uh, their 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 season and and the way their their schedule is set up, it falls very well for the Giants. And I think they can win a couple of games in the division. I, I don't know what Saquon Barkley is. I don't know what Daniel Jones is going to be. I don't even know who the, their number one wide receiver is. I know that this defense could be fun to watch and Thibodeau and some of the young players that they have, but they have to stay on the field, and we don't know when they're coming back. So. I don't know. There's a question mark with this Giants team. And they have a new coach. I like Dable. I think he's going to change uh, the thoughts of any Giants fans' uh, uh, offensive coordinator, offensive mind that they've had over there over the last couple of years. I think he's a good offensive mind, and I think he's going to help Daniel Jones rediscover himself as a quarterback. I don't think it's enough. Uh, give me the Giants as my fourth-place team. They win eight games. So I have uh, the Eagles won 12, game, 12 wins. Um, the Commanders... Ten, nine or ten wins could get him into the playoffs. Uh, the Cowboys, nine or ten wins could get him into the playoffs because it, it's flip flop with, with the Cowboys and the Commanders. Yeah. And then I have the Giants at, with eight wins 
as a my fourth fourth place team. Um, NFC North. All right, before I get to that, uh, Beav says Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets for the AFC East, and then naturally Dallas winning the division for the NFC East. Dallas, Philly, Skins, Giants. I don't know how they win the division when they have one wide receiver. Yeah, it's going to be very tough in today's game, Especially Beef. the first couple of games until what's-his-name-again comes back. Gallup, oh, yeah. Gallup comes back, and then... They're saying Gallup might, might not be back until week four or five. Don't worry, don't worry, B. If you if if you still don't trust Ceedee Lamb as the only receiver on that team, oh, he's going to be fantastic <laughs> this year. If you still don't trust him, we'll gladly trade you Xavier McKinney. <laughs> he is, and McKinney is having a great, uh, you know, a great, uh, you know, OTAs and practices and, and preseason. Everybody likes he's he's the one of the captains of the team. Yeah, he is. So. Uh, I just don't know if he's C.D. Lamb. <laughs> so. No, I don't think he's C.D. Lamb either. No. So, uh, NFC North, I have the Packers in first by a game. It's going to be very close between them and the Vikings. I have them 11-6. and six. This is going to be a very differently-looked Packers team. This is a lot more like a offensive style, more like the Titans and the Browns, where they're going to be much more oriented on running and tight ends a lot more. Robert Tunyon healthy again. they still got Mercedes Lewis there, and then the two running backs with Jones and Dillon. Offensive line getting healthy, too. They should get Davey Bakhtiari back for week one. He missed the whole season last year. And a lot of good rookies that played well for them last year on that offensive line. And defensively is where they took the biggest leap last year. Their secondary, a lot more depth than we ever would have thought. Devondre Campbell had a fantastic year as a middle linebacker, and they were much better at stopping the run than they were in years past. But with those receivers, will they be able to get over the hump enough in the playoffs will be the big question. And they're going to be a lower seed this year. So I have them 11-6. and six. Vikings wildcard team, 10-7. and seven. Yes, like Pete was saying, they still have some question marks on that defense still, but they have some players coming back. Daniil Hunter, healthy, is one of the most underrated speed rushers in the game. I think a lot of the draft picks they made with Seen and Andrew Booth, I think will help them out a lot too. Troy Dye, a guy that they drafted in 2020, looked good last year. So I think this defense will start a little slow and then get it going. I think they just have to be serviceable because I think this offense has potential to be top five with that system. That offensive line is pretty good. As long as they're not, like, Browns bad where they were in 2019, they should be fine. That receiving core is loaded, running back core is loaded. Kirk Cousins is very good statistically. We say it all the time. He's a top 10 statistical quarterback every year. I think that offense has top five potential. So I have the Vikings as a wild card team, 10 and 7. Uh, third is the Lions. I have them 6 and 11. They're going to win some close games, but they're still not overly talented. I, they had a nice offseason. I think they're very improved. I think they had a good draft. Jamison Williams, when he does play, I like Amonra St. Brown. Offensive line is still solid. Defensively, though, they have a lot of question marks. Even though they drafted Aiden Hutchinson, they don't have a lot of edge depth after that. And interior, they're pretty good, but their linebacker and safety, not great. And their secondary depth outside of Amani Oware, not great either at the corner position. And Jeff Okuda, they drafted number three overall. Can he stay healthy? So that was 6-11. And, and then there's the Bears, who are just horrible. 3-14. and 14. Justin Fields will be demanding a trade at the trade deadline. <laughs> uh, I love the Packers in this division. Aaron Rodgers, uh, that's all I have to say. Aaron Rodgers, he makes everybody around him better. I know everybody says Lazard is, 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 their, Lazard is their number one wide receiver. I don't think it matters because they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to use Jones in the flats. Uh, Dylan is going to be able to power people, and, and they'll be able to bash teams the way they play defense. I, I, think the, I think they can win 11 games, and I think 11 games is enough to win this division. I think this division is just is really too top-heavy. That's it. So I, I, I like the Packers to win 11 games in this division. Um, then I have the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to be a high-flying offense this year. Justin Jefferson's going to have his 14, 13 touchdowns. Thielen will have 10. And uh, obviously, if Dalvin Cook can, can stay healthy, he's going to give you eight or nine touchdowns. He's going to be able to be the player that we expect him to be. And he's going to be that guy that can catch the ball in the backfield as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins will have a good year. Uh, they're all, they have a very good offensive line, one of the best young offensive lines in football. So they'll be able to do a lot of things offensively. The question is, what are they as a defensive team? 
now that Zimmer is not there anymore? That's going to be the question. I don't know what they are. Uh, they're, they're, going, they're switching from a 4-3 to the 3-4. That's a huge difference uh, from what they played over the last couple of years with Zimmer. And I think that could throw them off early in the season. So I don't know what this defense is going to be, so I can't predict it. But uh, I have uh, the Vikings winning uh, 9 or 10 games as well. Um, I have the Lions uh, as my third-place team. I like this team. I, I, I'm not a big Jared Goff fan, but I, I think he proved that he could play on a bad team and make a bad team better. So I, I think he, he could be the future quarterback of this team. We'll see what happens this year. Uh, I like Aiden Hutchinson. I think, he's my, I think he's Micah Parsons this year. I think he's the defensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to be a fun player to watch. He's going to get a lot of sacks. He, he, there's a reason why. I believe he, he was expected to be the number one pick in this year's draft. I think, I, I think everything about him really shows superstar right in front of our eyes. Um, I like Brown. I like Swift. I like this team. I think they're offensively sound. I think they have a good tight end. They're going to be fun. Uh, hot, um, I think that this team is going to be able to put up points, but are they going to be able to defend in certain aspects of the game? They're a better defensive team than they were last year, but how much better? That's going to be the question, especially in a division that has a lot of offense. Um, I have the Lions winning seven games. I, I do. I think they win seven games, not six, seven games. And then there's the Chicago Bears. I don't think they win more than two games, okay? okay. I would say maybe even one. They're the worst team in the NFL. Uh, I don't know if Justin Fields is going to want out, but I, I don't know what this team is. So uh, they'll, they'll be a, a better-than-average defense. They always are. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball because I think their offensive line stinks, and they have no wide receivers. So uh, they have one, and they have a bunch of tight ends that you never even heard of. So – I don't expect this team to do much. I say one or two wins at the most. Uh, I think they'll be the number one pick in next year's draft, and that mm. could be the end of Justin Fields. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So, uh, could you imagine that? Yeah. You moved all the way up. Uh, do they have a first-round draft pick next year? Yeah, they do. So, yeah, the, the Giants' last one was this year. Okay, so so they, they, they this could be the last year for Justin Fields. It's a two-year-and-out type of because if they have the number one pick – they're not passing up on Bryce. Yeah, so right. what are they going to do? Maybe Justin Fields will go to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson goes to the Dolphins. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen, going to happen, but, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, the Bears could be the number one pick. And Justin Fields, which they gave up two first-round draft picks and all that draft stock, they wind up parting ways with Justin Fields to draft Bryce Hall. I mean, Bryce Young. So yeah. I don't understand. Uh, so there you go. I've got, <clears throat> I've got the Packers as one. Vikings as two, Lions as three, Bears as four. NFC South. All right, I got the Buccaneers winning the division 11 and six. I don't think they're going to be as good in the regular season as a lot of people expect. I'm concerned about the interior offensive line. They lost Ali Marpet. He retired. They Ryan Jensen will be out for most of the season probably. They did bring in Shaq Mason, but we've seen a lot of Patriots offensive linemen go elsewhere and have trouble. So is it going to be that same kind of system? Is it going to be tough to trust? Defensively, I think they're still very good, especially in the front seven. They have the best middle linebacker duo in football with White and Levante David. And they still got Shaq Barrett as edge rushers. They brought and Akeem Hicks, who's nice. The secondary is should be good, but there's still a lot of question marks with that in terms of big plays and also the injury risks of last year. How will these guys come back too? I think I think the Buccaneers will be fine, but I think there's gonna things that hold them back, especially on a harder schedule. They got to play the NFC West and the AFC North this year, so you're not gonna have the same cakewalk you did last year. So they're not as high. I have the three seed, eleven and six. 
Uh, Saints 9-8. and eight. I think they're going to be a tough defensive team. Even losing Marcus May, they, or potentially losing Marcus May, he could be suspended. They still have a lot of secondary depth. Dennis they're Allen. They're only going to miss him for five, four yeah. or five games. Uh, they have a lot of secondary depth. Still a great pass rusher in Cameron Jordan. They have a lot of depth in the interior. And it's going to be a much more defensive-oriented team. You're going to see very different. It's going to be more ball-control type team. If Alvin Kamara does not get suspended, this Saints team can definitely be a playoff team. Their offensive line is still very good. Even losing Teron Armstead, they have a lot of great depth in their interior. Uh, Trevor Penning hurt right now, but should be able to come back later in the season. And Jameis Winston, I know he's a turnover-prone guy, but he still has a big arm. And now they have some receivers that can actually stretch the field a little more, which I think will add another element to the game. So the only thing that's in is Dennis Allen. How is he going to be as a head coach? It's a big drop-off from Sean Payton, but I think they're still going to be a competitive team. I have him 9-8 and eight in second place. Uh, Panthers third, I have him 7-10. and 10. I, There's a lot of talent on this defense. They're actually the number two yardage defense last year and the third best run defense last year, but they allowed a lot of points, so they were not good in the red zone. They still had some issues with big plays, but they got healthier now. They get J.C. Horn back in that secondary. Jeremy Chin, who both got hurt last year. That front seven still very good. Offensively, a lot of question marks. Offensive line, they drafted Ikea Kwanu, fine, but they still have a lot of question marks on that interior. I, and Baker Mayfield coming off an injury, is that something you could necessarily trust? I feel like he could get hurt again. The weapons are good. They just traded for LaVisca Chanel, fine. But Baker Mayfield getting acclimated all at once. I think they start a little slow. And they're not a good second-half team as it is. So I'm going to have them 7-10. and 10. Progress from last year, but not enough to save Matt Rule's job. And then Atlanta, I have it 5-12. and 12. Defensively, I think they could hold tough in some games. They got Casey Hayward in the offseason. A.J. Terrell played well last year. Still got Grady Darrett and Deion Jones. But offensively, they're a very big team in transition. I think you see Desmond Ritter kind of midway through this season take over as a starting quarterback. Kyle Pitts is fantastic. I like their running back Alice year or two, but they just still have too many question marks on that offense and a very tough schedule. Last year, they looked better because they had an easy schedule, and they won some close games. This year, I don't see that luck being the same way. Uh, the Beave has the Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. That's where he has uh, the NFC North. Uh, NFC South, South for me. Uh, the Buccaneers win this division by 12. They're, they're, going to, they're going to win 12 games just because the division and the NFC is just so bad. And, yes, their schedule isn't as easy as, easy as it was last year because they played the AFC East. But uh, this is still... I believe a cakewalk for them in this division. I, I just think they're that much better than everybody else in the division. They have a lot of depth. They have more depth than they did last year. They can run the ball. Tom Brady, even though I don't know if he's going to have the year that he had last year, I don't think he needs to. I think this team, even though Todd Bowles, I, I question his, his coaching. He's not Bruce Arians. It doesn't matter because I think the division is just that much, bad, that much worse than uh, he could be as a coach. So, um, I like the Buccaneers to win 12 games. I, I think Mike Evans is going to have another great year. They have weapons all over the field. They can do everything. They have great tight ends. Uh, I mean, even though O.J. Howard decided to part ways with them, I, I wasn't surprised about that because he fell all the way out of the, the uh, tight end grid uh, over there. But nevertheless, the Buccaneers win 12. Uh, the Saints, my number two team, I, they're too talented defensively for, for me to think that they're – any worse than second place. They could make the playoffs if the defense shows up every single game and does what a lot of people think they could do and shut down off great offensive teams, and they can. The whole question is, is, is Jameis Winston enough to help you win? Alvin Kamara is going to have a good year. He has to stay, uh, you know, stay on the field, not off the field, and do stupid things off the field that's going to get him into trouble. But uh, they have weapons all over the field. Thomas, even though he might not play in game number one, uh, hamstring problem, he did not practice on Thursday. 
I think Michael Thomas coming back, uh, Alave. This is a good fl- offensive team. This is a team that can make plays in the open field and do a lot of things that scare you. And they also brought in, uh, what's his name again? Jarvis Landry, yeah. who's another b- a big player uh, who played in college in LSU. So I-, I like this team defensively, offensively. They have weapons. The question is the quarterback, just like the Jets. If the quarterback shows up and plays well, they can win 10 or 11 games. Uh, I don't think they win 10, 11 games. I think they're a borderline 9 and 10 win team. Uh, they can make the playoffs depending on what Jameis Winston does. I, I say 9 or 10 games. Um, my third team is the Panthers. I, Christian McCaffrey has to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, this team could win 10 games. They can make the playoffs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey hasn't stayed healthy in three years, and, and that's a huge problem. He's one of the best running backs in the league. He made a lot of money, and he can't stay on the field. DJ Moore is a fun player. Rob and- Robbie Anderson at some parts, points of the season, he's a fun player to watch. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I, I think... I would love to see him play in a new uniform. I, I think he has a lot to prove this year, and I think he will prove it, that he, he, he puts up the numbers this year with a team that has, I think, just as much talent as the Browns did last year. Um, I like the Panthers offensively. I'm questioning their defense. I, I don't know what this defense is all about. I, they played well in the second half of the season, but in the first half, I, I don't know what they were. I don't know what their identity was. And, and to me... Their coach is really on his way out. I, I don't know what this team is going to be this year. Honestly, I say eight or nine wins, but I could be wrong. Uh, they could win more games. It all depends on uh, where Matt Rule and, and this offense and what this offense, you know, how they put the points up on the board. So uh, I have them as my third place team and my final team, the Falcons. I think, I think they win five or six games. I, I think they have weapons. I think Kyle Pitts is going to have a fantastic year. He's going to have like t- a tidy year with 1,300 yards, I think. He is going to be their number one target. He's going to be fun to watch. Uh, you saw it in certain games, uh, you know, in preseason games, even against the Jets, he had that 50-yard catch. He's that fast and that big and that strong. He can he can have a game where he's going to give you 200 yards. He is a wide receiver slash tight end that can do everything. Uh, Patterson had a good year. Could he do it a second year? And uh, are they going to be able to run the ball? That's going to be the question. Quarterback-wise, Marcus Mariota, I don't know. Ritter, I don't know. I, I don't think they know who their quarterback is, so... Um, I say five or six wins. So I have um, Buccaneers, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Uh, and the final division in football, NFC West, a very good division. Yes, I have the Rams winning the division. Now, granted, this this game didn't really show much in terms of that, but I had them 13-4. and four. I had them as the number one seed in the NFC because they actually had the biggest transformation that you could get for a Super Bowl champion in terms of keeping everybody, and they were able to add Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner. I mean, all they lost was Von Miller and Odell, but he was expected to go anyway off the injury. And he's not gone. He, yeah, he might, and he might come back. He might come back. I think he will come back at this rate, the way the way he's been rumored, but mm-hmm. this this team is very well coached. They're very deep in a lot of positions. Again, the really only major is- issues defensively so far have been their linebacker play, but that's why they brought in Bobby Wagner. And then their safeties. I like Taylor Rapp, but their depth beyond that is not great. Offensive line in the interior is a lot of young guys all at once. That might be the one deficiency with their offense, but they're deep pretty much everywhere else. Wide receiver, they're loaded. Running back, it's just a matter of staying healthy with Henderson and Akers. I like the talent of both of them, and I think they'll be able to make it work. Sean McVay will find a way. So I have them 13-4. and 4. 49ers, 11-6. They were my first wild card team. I think their roster is the most complete 
well-rounded one in the NFL when it is healthy. The problem is, again, their defense, a lot of guys, especially in that secondary, that is very injury-prone. Jason Verrett being one of them. They lost Jaquaski Tart. They might get him back as a safety, but their front seven is, like Pete was saying, is one of the best in football, and they're still going to be a very tough team. Trey Lance, I think he'll have his moments as a rookie where he'll look like a rookie, but I think he'll get it going later in the season. I think he'll be kind of up and down, but I think this team is too talented to still miss the playoffs. I think Jimmy G will play some games here and there, and their offense will still do well in those games as well. So I think it'll be a little bit of a mixture. Unconventional 11-6, but they're still too talented and well-coached. Cardinals, 9-8. I have them as the last wildcard team. I have them beating them out the Saints as a tiebreaker. Kyler Murray, I think he's going to run a lot more in the beginning of the season without these receivers. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins suspended. Marquise Brown could be suspended. Their offensive line is still a little questionable, but still not bad, on the in- especially on the inside. And the running game, we'll see if they could get a second guy to go along with James Conner if he does get hurt. That's the only thing that concerns me on the offensive side with that. The defensive side of the ball, they could use a little more secondary depth, and they have to be able to stop the run a little better. That was something that hurt them, especially when they lost Chandler Jones last year. Their defense still has very good talent up the middle and in the interior defensive line. Buda Baker, I think, is the best safety in football, and I like Byron Murphy as a corner, but they still have some holes in that area. So I think they'll be decent. Good in some games, bad in others, but I think that's enough to get in the playoffs. And then Seattle, 3-14, and 14, they're terrible. I'm not even going to go in there. My number one team is the Rams. I, I know they had a bad game. They played the Buffalo Bills, where a lot of people expect could win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I think they're going to be a high-flying team. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Allen Robinson, who I don't know where he was tonight. He did not. I saw one catch. Yeah, he, he really barely showed up in this game. Um, their running game had no really didn't show up in this game either, but I think Henderson and Acre, Acre are going to be fun to watch this year. Their defense is going to be high-flying. They didn't play well against a very good offense, but I, I think they're much better than they showed tonight. So I like the Rams. The Rams will win 12 games this year, maybe 11, but that'll be enough to win the division, being that the, uh, the NFC is so bad. Uh, my second-place team is the Cardinals. I, I think the Cardinals... I, Kyler Murray, I think, is going to have a fantastic year. He will be able to play all 17 games. Uh, the question is, is what this offensive line is going to be? We don't know. Uh, I think Justin Pugh is a f- fantastic player, but besides Justin Pugh, I don't know what the other guys are. If they stay healthy and they play as a team, they could be dynamic. This defense is good. J.J. Watt coming back to a full season, I think that could really change what this defense could do as far as pressure is concerned. Uh, I, I like their secondary. I like Buda Baker. I like this defense. They're fun, and they're going to be fun to, fun to watch all season. They're young, and they're fast, and they're going to be able to get at you. I, I think that this team as a whole could be fun to watch. They just got to play their game. And, and Kingsbury needs to make sure that he doesn't make the mistakes that he does at the end of the game that cost them very close games in at the end of the season, which almost cost them a playoff spot and did cost them in the playoffs against the Rams, eventually winning the Super Bowl. Cost them in 2020. They shouldn't have missed that year. Yeah, so I, I have the Cardinals winning 10 games and squeaking into the playoffs as a wild card team. Um, I have the 49ers. Uh, they can win nine or ten games this year as well. Um, I, I don't like Trey Lance, and if Jimmy Garoppolo comes comes back and actually takes over the reins of this team, they could they could absolutely make the playoffs and make a run. Jimmy's done it before. Uh, they have a good running game. I like Mitchell. I like what they have as far as weapons are concerned. I they have one of the best, more underrated wide receivers in all of football. Uh, they they have all the stuff that they need to win. Their offensive line is very good, too. They have one of the best tackles in, in all of football. So they could do everything. And their defense could absolutely get at you. I mean, Nick Bosa, this team is fun to watch. They're, they're going to be fun. And this is a very important year for Kyle Shanahan because 
if Trey Lance doesn't show anything this year, he could be on his way out because right. Lynch could fire him. Because this team, even though they meant they went to the NFC title game last year, they choked in a big game where they should have showed up and, and played their game. So I, I they got lucky against Green Bay. I, I believe that because it snowed. I don't think it will be that easy this year, especially the way uh, everything, all the uh, how the NFC is so top heavy. So give me the 49ers winning nine or ten games and squeaking into the playoffs as well. And then there's the Seahawks. They win, I, I would say, two games, <laughs> uh, three games. Yeah. I, I don't know. Geno Smith. They'll win uh, one like random division. Penny, game. I mean, Penny can't stay healthy with yeah. Sean Penny. Everybody keeps saying that he's going to have a good year. Who cares? Because are, are they ever going to be able to touch the ball the way they're, every team is going to be able to score a crazy amount of points on them, and their defense is going to be really bad this year. Yeah. Uh, I just They lost DJ Reed. They lost uh, Wagner. They lost two of their best defensive players in the offseason in free agency. It didn't make any sense. So uh, they're going to be bad. Yeah. So there you go. So that is our picks of the year. Did, did uh, the beef write on that? Uh, no. no, he stopped at NFC North. All right. So... Uh, MVP. Who do you have as, as your MVP this year? All right. There's a disclaimer here. Originally, I actually was going to take Matthew Stafford before the reports about the arm injury. So now, obviously, he did not look good tonight, and that didn't help the cause. So now I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I think with the weapons that they have, the running back depth, wide receiver depth galore, I think a, a schedule that isn't, again, it's not super easy, but I think he could really take control of that. And I think just so consistent with the way he plays, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. I think he'll elevate it just enough. I, I agree with you. I think Lamar Jackson's a very close one that could be right there, too, uh, with him. And then uh, and then I, the usual ones, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers will be in the mix, too. But I'm going to take Josh Allen. I've got Kyler Murray. All right. I have Kyler Murray. I think he has a lot to prove this year. I think it's very important that he comes out strong and, and, and do the things that he does well. Uh, I think he'll be able to do that. And when Hopkins comes back, this could be a high-flying team. I, there's something that tells me about this little small quarterback to, to go out there and show everybody why he is one of the better and one of the more elusive quarterbacks in the NFL. So I have Kyler Murray. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers, is, if he has the season with no wide receivers and he throws 4,000 yards or 4,500 yards with nobody to throw to, I mean, that's pretty damn impressive too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does that and surprises the world. But Something tells me it's Kyler Murray. I like Josh Allen. He'll be up there for a runner-up or, or right there as a second-place guy. But I, I, I don't know what the Buffalo Bills are going to do when they actually, when teams start to get their feet you know, feet wet with the season, how well they're going to play against the better secondaries in the NFL. So uh, that's going to be all the questions that we're going to have the opportunity. I want to see Diggs against Sauce Gardner. Yeah. That's what I want to see mm-hmm. because he kicked the you-know-what out of Jalen Ramsey tonight. But Sauce is a bigger beast, and he's a taller beast, and and Sauce has that pizzazz, you know what I mean? Just like Jalen, very Ramsey. similar trash talker to Jalen Ramsey. But he, but I'll tell you this: nobody likes to throw to Sauce. Nobody threw nobody to Sauce nope. in the secondary on the secondary. This is the regular season. I, I'm looking forward to Sunday's game to see how many people actually take the the initiative to throw against them. <laughs> I don't know how much the Ravens will they actually throw to their wide receivers. Will be the first question. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think it's. This is going to be a fun year to watch the Jets because if this secondary is as good as I think it's going to be, they could be a lot better than people think they're going to be. So, um, yeah, so I have the Kyler Murray. Defensive player of the year. 
Defensive player of the year, I'm going to take T.J. Watt. I think in Brian Flores' defense, I think that's going to be a, a guy that's going to take it to even another level. We've seen him have double-digit sacks. He won defensive player of the year two years ago, and I think Brian Flores is going to add another element to them. Plus, they have much more talent around him, so I don't know if he'll be double-teamed as much either. They get Cam Hayward back healthy, Stephon Tewitt. I think that'll help him out a lot. And better against the run, too, which the Steelers weren't last year. So you have T.J. Watt again? Back-to-back years. No, he no, he was two years ago. He won it, and then didn't he win last year? No, Aaron Donald did last year, and then now with Brian Flores this year, I like taking the lead. You sure? T- I thought T.J. Watt won it this year. No, I thought it was Aaron. I'm no, pretty sure it was Aaron T.J. Donald. Watt won. All right, well, then Aaron Donald won the year right, before. All right, you go. I'll pick. I'll pick it. I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure T.J. Watt won this past year. Um, I I don't know who my defensive player year is going to be. I I don't. Um. I'm trying to see, you know, who's... Oh, yeah, been... you're right. Yeah, it was this year. Yeah, okay. it was All right, it was three-time All-Pro. Oh, he must have been the runner. Oh, he was the runner-up in 2020. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so you still have T.J. Watt? Yeah, I still do. Yep. Um, all right. I'm going to take a long shot. All righty. I think Micah Parsons wins Defensive Player of the Year this year. I, I do. I think Micah Parsons is still going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. I think he's going to give... I think he's going to give you 15, 16 sacks this year. I think he's going to be one of the league's best. Uh, I think he's going to help that defense out, which needs all the help they can get. So I'm predicting Micah Parsons wins Defensive Player of the Year and shows people why he was passed up by teams that were completely out of their minds. Yeah, I know. Thank you. So um, Micah Parsons is my Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year. Uh, Derrick Henry. I'll take Derrick Henry off of major foot injury. I think he's still going to get the volume there. I don't know if his season will be as big as like 2019 or anything like that, but I think he still will lead the league in rushing touchdowns. He's not going to get the pass-catching work, but uh, that's not going to be enough. That's not who Derrick Henry is. He's still going to at least get 200, 250 carries and make it work. He's still going to be explosive. Um, I'm trying to think of who, who missed the season that, that came back. Uh, give me some players. I'm trying to think. I, 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 I really didn't look at this um, going into this, so I'm trying to think who. Justin Jefferson didn't miss the season, so it can't be him. Um, I don't know. I'll skip that. I, I don't know. Come back to that. Uh, I'll come back to that. Um, rookie, offensive rookie of the year. This one was a tough one. I'm actually going to go with Traylon Burks. It's not going to be a great year for offensive rookies, I think. This will be like one of the worst ones. I, Sky Moore, I like your pick. I, I might, you might pick him if you do. I like Chris Olave in that running, too, just because of the volume of opportunity. I just have to see where they go. I think Traylon Burks, once he does get it going, is going to get all the volume because they're really the only other receiving option they have there is Robert Woods. And like I was saying with the Titans, I think they'll start slow and then get going later. I think he'll be a big reason why. By the way, I think comeback player of the year is Dalvin Cook. All right. Okay. Good. Um, uh, offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. Okay. I, I think it's Garrett Wilson. I, I know everybody keeps talking about Brees Hall, but everybody forgets that who was the top uh, wide receiver drafted in this year's draft class. Uh, even though he wasn't the number one, Drake, Drake London was, I think he's the best. And I think the Jets are going to use him a lot this year, especially in the second half of the season. I think Zach Wilson, he will become Zach Wilson's favorite target. I think he's going to have a great year. So give me Garrett Wilson as Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um and defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I I'll, I'm going to take Jordan Davis on this one. Not a lot of good offensive lines in that division. <laughs> the Giants are awful in the interior. We were talking about Dallas, how much they lost. I think he's going to be able to feast inside. And really not a lot of mobility. Yeah, Dak can move a little bit, 
But I think he's going to be able to feast in that defense. They get Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, back healthy, and a great defensive scheme that's always good for pass rusher. Watch out for that Eagles defense. I'll take Jordan Davis. Jeff, you'll be proud of that. I have Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's going to be a beast of a man this year. I think teams are not going to be able to stop him. I think he's going to get at the quarterback. I, I, I think he's going to be another Micah Parsons. He's going to have 13, 14 sacks. He's going to be the future of that organization and that defense. Uh, I love everything about that kid, and I think he's going to go out there and he's going to show everybody why he, he I believe he was the best uh, pass rusher in this past uh, draft class. So, uh, Aiden Hutchinson as my defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, you're going to make a lot of Jaguars fans mad because they passed on him for Trayvon Walker. Well, and he wanted to, he wanted to go to the Lions. That's where he's oh, of from. Course he, of course Grew he up did. a Lion fan. So. I'm just saying that would be classic Jaguars. I mean, all the all these greats. LeBron James gets drafted by the team that he was rooting for when he was a kid. Well, besides Michael Jordan. I mean, they grew up in those cities that needed that superstar play to change everything. And why not Aiden Hutchinson change everything for the Lions? And maybe in the future gets them into the Super Bowl. Something they haven't done ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Well, they, They're yeah. one of four teams that have ever made a Super Bowl appearance. I think their last NFL championship was like 1956 or something like that. Sure. Because they're such an old team. But yeah, the Lions, the Browns, the Texans, and the Jaguars. The only four teams that have never appeared in a Super Bowl. Not, not one. There are some teams that may have never won, but those are the only four teams that haven't. And the Lions have only won one playoff game in the Super Bowl era. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is it for our show. I'd like to thank Clay Fer Ferraro, uh, WPLG Miami sports anchor and uh, reporter. He was fantastic. He really was. Gave us some deep information about the Miami Dolphins and his thoughts of where the AFC East is going to fall this year. He thinks they, they make the playoffs with 10 wins. I was very surprised when he said that, but he's very positive about his team, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you to Pete Bursick, uh, who was fantastic. Yeah. Stayed on with us for an hour. It was a long time, but uh, we uh, he had a lot of fun with us as far as he had a lot of laughs uh, making fun of me and the Jets, but uh, nevertheless, uh, we really appreciate him. He's a fan of the show. He's a friend of the show, and uh, maybe we'll take uh, you know we'll take his invites and go to Minnesota and do the show over there in Minnesota uh, in December when the Jets uh, meet the Minnesota Vikings. Is it in Minnesota? It's at Minnesota. <laughs> so maybe we maybe we should maybe maybe we'll get us some nice passes. Yeah, if Pete will come back with more Jets zingers and you'll come back with responses. Maybe the Jets will show up and actually win a game. So Ooh. maybe that'll happen. All righty. Who knows? But uh, thank you to Pete. Thank you to Clay. They were fantastic. Uh, uh, thank you to all the fans that listen to us every single week. We'll be back next week, but next week on Wednesday. Yep. Wednesday, 7 to 10. Thursday, 9 to 12. Different times. Winter time is right around the corner. Uh, for all the fans and the kids, the young kids that want to listen to us, uh, you know, at set on seven, uh, you know, on Wednesday, seven to ten. There's your opportunity to stay in tune to what we're doing and where we're going with the show. So, thank you again for the support and all the fans out there. Um, listen to the Weekend Crunch on 103.9 FM here in Long Island. If you don't live out here within a 70, 80 mile, mile radius, uh, go to iHeartRadio and check us out at LI News Radio. It's a great show. We have a lot of great guests. Uh, Moneyline Mania, the best handicappers in the country. And we're really proud of the show and the growth of the show throughout, uh, throughout the, the Long Island area and throughout the country. So thank you for all the support. Again, Wednesday, be back, 7 o'clock, new time, on a new week for NFL football. And we'll get into, obviously, week one of the NFL season and the Jets, the Giants, and all the crap that we're going to get into. So definitely stay tuned for that. Well, that's it, Fit. That's it, Fit. That's it, Fit. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Sounds like some kind of glitch, but okay. <laughs> that's it, and we are fit. <laughs>
to Bad say good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.